I'm just kidding. Uh, the iron wall that viruses bash against and, and shatter. Uh, but yeah, something's going on there. But uh, just work it out. Get it worked out. Work it out of the system. Do some more push-ups. Eat an apple. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. The respect that I have for chickens. I know there was there was a time when I said that chicken is a nervous bird. And I don't eat chicken. I only eat meat. You know, but but uh, I was dead wrong. I I stand corrected. Uh, these chickens are low maintenance and high production. I mean, they lay they lay an egg every 26, 27 hours, and uh, they just they need water, they need food, and then uh, I play with them too. I let them out in the yard, and we run around, and they're happy to see me. They're happy to see me. That's not my dance. Said no one ever. uh, He's so thrilled by that. Wanted to be. Yeah, watched a lot of shows. Watched Judge Judy. A lot. I'm uh, (laughs) with the chickens. (laughs) With the chickens. Today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu. Shib Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on coin market cap. You can buy Shib on all the most popular coin exchanges. My favorite place to buy it is on Coinbase, but the best place is to find more information is by following at Shib Token on Twitter. There you'll find links to the Discord, the subreddit, Telegram, and everywhere else to find more information about investing in Shiba Inu. Diamond paws, Shib to the moon. All right, let's start the show. And welcome back to the Evil Mark Show. My name is Mark Hammond, and I'm happy to be the Mark in the Evil Mark Show. I'm a broadcaster and uber sports nerd ready to take you on your sports talk journey. Now, some people call me Pinguino Supremo, but today I will be your Svengali while we dive into the funny, odd, weird, and interesting stories from the world of college football, and we prepare for the national title game, and we prepare for the darkest timeline. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Wolverines champions by next week. Gross, I know, but it's the darkest timeline. It, but with me in the darkest timeline is my good friend, and I'd like to welcome to the my co my co host, my co conspirator Eric. He's host of the File Under Entertainment podcast, a man who knows that Jim Harbaugh must be stopped at all cost. Eric Stevens, how are you doing today? Yes, that is for sure. I know, like uh, neither outcome is really palatable to you, but I mean, this is like this is definitely a lesser of two evils kind of thing. Yeah, this must be, must be stopped. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, I was I, to me the season ended, you know, on Saturday. I was like, okay, this is all done now. I, I was like, I love college football. I love college football more than I love any sport. Uh, obsessively love college football, and to have to have the final game of 2023 uh, when we were already on the precipice of everything changing, just to be like this cruel, disgusting. Michigan national championship would just be would just be a nightmare. But then at the same time, to have a Husky national championship <laughs> would also be a nightmare. <laughs> Slightly less, though, I think. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't. I've not been a, an Oregon Duck fan my entire life, like you have. So I know that, like I said, neither one's palatable. But I mean, being a Notre Dame fan and with the you know just the being in this uh, closer geographical proximity to Michigan. And having to encounter a lot of those fans all the time, it's uh, 
Yeah, it's a hellscape nightmare that I don't want to live. Yeah, I mean, well, I've met a lot of Husky fans, and most of them are like normal. They're just regular people. Like none of them have been very distasteful or unsavory types. But I'd say of the the ten Michigan, like real Michigan fans I know, not people who are just like who bought the hat at Walmart and just just like it. Like real Michigan fans, like real terrible people, just like (laughs) (laughs) right the worst Midwesterners that you'd ever meet. Just some some weird hang up about them and giving them a national title is only going to it's only going to hurt the cost like we will never hear the end of it and then god forbid well this will definitely happen when they put an asterisk next to it and it gets stripped from them <laughs> oh they're going to be we're going to be heavy on the jesus stuff today but they are going to be totally plain martyr they, they, they are like they're buying the cross they're setting it up on their own front yard. <laughs> They're flailing themselves right now. They're already preparing themselves for for their own to sacrifice themselves in, in the martyrdom that 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 comes with not only winning the national title and proving all the naysayers wrong, but then uh uh getting to be the, the victims. It's, yeah, I I it's think they gross. already had the crosses. They they had the crosses in the garage already <laughs> for burning on other people's lawns. Like, yeah, they just <laughs> they just want to put it up in their own yards now. They're like, it's weird. It's up in my yard. I never, we never usually do this here. We usually take this other. We don't have to drag this thing all the way down there. That must be like, do you think they bring it out or do you think they bring it in pieces? Like, do they bring two pieces and then nail it together there? <laughs> just try with it. It just seems like a lot. Of, I, if there's a if there's a Klansman in our audience, preferably a Michigan Klansman, if you can let us know how that, like the logistics of a cross burning, I'd like to know. And has anyone ever accidentally set themselves on fire? Like there, <laughs> there has to be. There has to be. I hope so. I mean, that would be the perfect karmic thing to happen. But every time I've been to a bonfire, it's the most unsafe. Like it's 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 like a bonfire can either become a disaster. It's like riding a motorcycle. Like it, either something terrible is going to happen or something terrible might happen like it's almost there you're just putting yourself in a terrible situation you're like hey let's get a huge 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 raging fire you know you're on this beach or in the woods and then you realize like oh wait a minute this this is getting really out of control like <laughs> that must be what a cross burning is yeah you know like a, someone's got doing a, a keg stand that's like four inches away from like a 75 foot open flame like yeah this, this seems yeah, this, perfectly safe this makes sense well now now that we've compared michigan well it's great because ohio state is like rooting for cancer michigan is like rooting for the ku klux klan i think we were already setting we're already setting the bar perfectly where it should be for this final game of the year um and oh by the way guys I just want to mention uh great feedback from our ask uh, mark anything episode so that we'll have another one coming out for episode 200 so i think that one will drop uh same thing probably on sunday at some point probably after the nfl games and uh we're going to record part two tonight after we do today's episode but i do appreciate all the feedback all the listens really really appreciate it uh we need more questions most of you guys just had your feedback or you're wrong uh i don't like your opinion or i like your opinion but i did not get more questions so we only got a couple more so please make sure you're sending those in uh we're saving them for video project. And then also we probably do another ask Mark anything. I don't know when we'll do this probably once a month or maybe once every two months, but uh, it is bonus content. It is free for everyone right yeah. now, but eventually Providing we've got enough questions. I mean, we had yeah. 20 in the first batch. We're planning on another 20 here. So as long as we get more questions and as long as they're not used for the video project, then <laughs> I guess we can have an ask me anything as often as uh, is beneficial. 
Yeah, and it, it, free bonus content right now, but it eventually will be behind a paywall. So enjoy it right now while you can, but also uh, keep an eye on that. More information to come on that. <laughs> do we but... dare do it? Ask Jared anything? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would really, I have so many questions. <laughs> Actually, every Friday show, the first segment turns into to me asking Jared everything. Like, how is that annoying girlfriend of yours, the Canadian girl? What's going on with that? Actually, I haven't asked him for a snizzle report in a long time. I'm going to have to get a Wisconsin snizzle report from him uh, and break out my my news ticker that he he absolutely despised. <laughs> uh, but we have a huge show today. We are talking the college football natty, the national championship game. We got the Fuskies, I mean the Huskies, the lovable to some underdog facing the sign-stealing, SEC-beating, Big Ten monster of the Midwest, the Michigan Wolverines. But enough family for me. Let's get right into our rundown. What the hell is a rundown? The Rundown. This is your rundown for Thursday, January 4th, 2024, episode number 198. Make sure you're following us on Twitter slash X at EVLMRK. Look for hashtag EMS198 to see special links, tweets, pictures, and stories we talk about in today's episode. Also, if you're not already, make sure you're following us on TikTok for additional Mark-related content on TikTok and Instagram at AskEvoMark. All right. So before we dive into the game of the year, we take a look back at the New Year's Six Bowl games and give you our thoughts and how we got here. And we put a final bow on the season before we move on to cover the rest of the entire sporting world. So just a show programming note here. So we're doing our championship show today. Next week will be the breakdown of the, uh, the college football season. And then the following week will be the shibbies. The week after that, we are back to covering everything. So just for those of you who are interested in uh, uh, New York Minute, Waffle House Minute, or New York Minute, Midwest Minute, that's going to be coming back. Uh, clickbait headlines is coming back. Um, our coverage of the NBA and all sports in our tacos is coming back. So like I said, we got about, we got about, we have two more weeks. We have a week of breakdown of looking back at the college football season, and then we have the shibbies, and then we'll be back to business as usual in the off season. Season just flew by, but just programming note. So also, number one, Michigan versus number two, Washington. The last two undefeated teams meet in the NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas to determine the college football championship. Hussies have been counted out so many times and been downgraded. They should be a Taylor Swift anthem. Meanwhile, the Wolverines have played anti-hero all year long with a sorted list of controversies, crimes, and scandals. On Monday, January 8th, they take the field to settle it all on the field, and only one will remain undefeated and be crowned national champion. And only one will be stuck with an asterisk if they win. But we'll get to that. We'll give you our full breakdown of the national championship and our predictions. Also, we have America's favorite cat-based podcast, Trivia Game, What's Wrigley Watching, presented by Chewy.com, with a special movie selection and prize that can be won on today's show. Also, it's Thursday. You know what that means. We're going to be handing out some tacos, uh, the tastiest awards in all of sports talk. But first, before we jump into Thursday, we got some shout-outs for our listeners and supporters. I just hate them because they, they, <laughs> they low down, they dirty, they some snitches. It really is the worst sound by <laughs> I gotta find a better one. I I'm almost really tempted to go. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> just 
<laughs> at least that one's not so terrible. But uh, uh, before we dive into today's show, I want to thank all our listeners and watchers of our content. We encourage everyone to look inside this episode's description. You'll find the links to our social media pages. Sorry about that. Uh, where to get your Evil Marcher t-shirts, links to our sponsors, and a link to the Evil Marcher Discord. And also, you can contact us anytime by emailing the show at show at evilmark.com. Once again, that's show at evilmark.com. Send me your questions, comments, concerns, whatever you got, send it to us. Let us know what's going on. Uh, and if you email every single week, and you could be included in this list of supporters here, I want to give a shout out to today. SEC Superuser, Mizzou Man, Hornsdown69, Jenna P, Abdel Duckman, Christian Norcal, Maze Man, Jennifer in Schenectady, and our NBA superfan who did give me a, who does send me a, a, a John Morant in Memphis Grizzly. <laughs> And NBA news on TikTok, the one and only James Harden's exquisite beard uh, might be my favorite listener. He's just so into the NBA. I actually watched a, an NBA game, and it's not even the offseason. He's pumping me up about <laughs> it. And, of course, the one and only, the enigmatic, the, the, the Notre Dame watching. I, I've never seen anyone who doesn't like Notre Dame who watches so much Notre Dame. <laughs> He even has his own special. Even his music is Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, he really is a super fan. <laughs> Forget UVA, Doug. We should call him like uh, Touchdown Jesus, Doug, or <laughs> Golden Dome, Doug. That's what we should call him. There we go, Golden Dome, Doug. Doug, let me know what you think about that. Uh, Golden Dome, yeah, Doug. Uh, let us know what you thought about the Notre Dame basketball team who. <laughs> Stinks on ice, beating the shit out of the Virginia Cavaliers in an ACC matchup. That was the day after Notre Dame kicked the shit out of Oregon State, which uh, Doug was calling for the the Beaver upset. So uh, neither the, one of those really worked out for you. Yeah, they, he he was very disappointed by the the Oregon State one. He he blamed a lot of this on the former coach. He says that they were at full strength. They definitely would have won that game. Uh, he says the quarterback's already <laughs> okay. headed to the transfer port. I mean, he, he's a true hater. Like, he's a real hater. Uh, but uh, thank you, UVA Doug, or uh, Golden Dome Doug. Uh, GDD. <laughs> GDD. <laughs> there you go. But, people. We're here to fuck shit up. Every Thursday, Eric joins us. He's the host of the wonderful podcast, File Under Entertainment. What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. Yeah, A, B, C. I've hit all the sounds, man. I'm so proud of myself. The only podcast Nick Cage himself personally listens to. Your Nick fucking troll alert. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> had to fuck it up. <laughs> yep. Wow, Cage. That's what I, yes. The only podcast listened to by Nick Cage. Eric, tell us a little bit about File Entertainment. Where can we find it? And what is it all about? Yes, thank you. It's available on all platforms. And uh, the first season was all about movies. The second season, all about music. And now we're going back to movies. And, you know, based on uh, listener demand, I guess, we're having a tournament for the season one movies. We're doing that uh, tournament style to determine the best movie that was covered, all 73 of them within the, the first season. So before season three kicks off with another alphabetical look at movies, we're going to be running back those the season one movies tournament style, just like we did for the music madness tournament in season two. So now I got to tell you, cause uh, I, you can file, you can find the voting on file under uh, it, on Twitter or X, whatever they're calling it now. Um, 
at file under pod, uh, at file under pod. So there you can start voting for it right away. I've already placed all my votes. Uh, as they come out, I'm voting every single time. Um, there's, there's some ones not getting enough love here. If, if, I mean, I hate to shill for one of them or for some <laughs> of them, but I feel like Christmas with the Cranks is not getting enough love. I feel like Undercover Brother is not getting enough love. Uh, singles is doing what it should be doing. Um, Warriors is is doing this is oh, Warriors is definitely one that I I feel like is gonna it, this 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 could be our Mountain Goats. Like you think so? Yeah, yeah. The Warriors is is just a great film. I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's unsubstantive. It's kind of like garbagey, but it's of its time. It's like a it, it's it's like a really really good really used version of a Playboy magazine. Like a good one you wanted to see. Like, you won't believe this one. Let me show this one to you. Like, you're like, whoa. Like, yeah, the, the Warriors is it. And so I, that one's doing what it's, it's, it's supposed to be doing. What we do in the shadows is probably another one that's going to get there. The, the other one that I feel that's not getting enough love is, uh, um, um, oh, crap. Where's, I'm looking through the list of everything I voted for. Um, Demon Knight, not getting in enough love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies, but I mean, I, I used a very uh, scientific approach. I took all the IMDb record or all the IMDb scores, the number of reviews that it had. I took the Rotten Tomatoes, like the critic score and the number of reviews there, the audience score and those number of reviews. There was a, a whole like a uh, mathematical equation kind of deal <laughs> to come up with a, uh, an aggregate score. That's how we did the seating from one through 73. So the uh, polls that people can vote in right now are for the opening rounds, like those kind of like the, the low or the, the high fifties against the seventies and then mm. like the sixties against the sixties. Those have to face each other just to see who's going to face like seeds one through nine. So. Oh, this uh, is like conference tournament week. Yeah, <laughs> those, those are the play in games essentially. And then. Uh, I t- today I tweeted out the the left hand side of the bracket. So by the time this drops, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, Thursday I plan to uh, tweet out for voting uh, round one matchups for the right hand side of the bracket. So you'll have even more <laughs> opportunities to to have your voice heard. So obviously we're going to have the the panel of which myself and Mark and uh, Jared will be there, Jake and David, and I, I don't know who else is going to be joining for the tournament to join in. But uh, yes, the listener, the audience member also has a vote if they you know, uh, put their vote in on Twitter. So come on, people, undercover brother, Christmas with the cranks. <laughs> we're not going we're not going to defend these cinematic masterpieces. Please, I implore you. I implore you at file under pod. Go there. Uh, cast your vote. Uh, get excited. When does when does this one record? And when does this uh, when does it air? Uh, we are recording. The plan is for next Friday the twelfth for release on Tuesday the sixteenth, and then it will uh, pick up the, the biweekly schedule from that point on. So nice, and I, I'm looking forward. I'm so looking forward to the to the movie season here. I've I've like I know I'm I signed up for Airbud. I've already watched it <laughs> twice. I feel like I oh have. Oh my god, that's <laughs> it's not that bad. Already watched it twice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> once, just to, once I watched it just for a technical review, just to kind of just like okay, pick it like pick a pick it apart. Uh, you know, 
as as a, as a film, and then the second time I, I try to watch it just to, like in a more uh, friendlier mood, like as as like someone who just enjoys a a good sports movie. I love a good sports movie, uh, <laughs> and I love a dog in a movie. I, I love anything that's got an animal in it. So I mean, it, it's kind of the best as long as you don't think about how terrible the animal probably got treated on set. But I mean, if you can compartmentalize that, then it's it it should be like right up my alley, and it, it is. I'm I'm kind of oddly falling in love with Airbud more and more as i watch well, it <laughs> i can't wait to watch it and i can't wait to discuss it and then you know maybe i can be convinced to uh to do that that airbud what symposium that we talked about our special little uh sidebar maybe that's even more bonus content that we can do uh mark and eric watching <laughs> all of the airbud films and discussing them so there is an airbud universe <laughs> it's kind of amazing <laughs> yeah. uh, and i gotta tell you that, that when i was watching the second time i was like i was like really thinking about it i was like i was like i found myself like watching for the stats here i was like, i wonder what i was like someone had to have done the, the math on what his plus minus is right <laughs> i and, hope uh, so like if, if not that's something that we need to do mm-hmm. i think so if that's something that the listeners want to hear if they want to hear us go through the entire catalog of airbud films i'm willing to do it for content and- the other the, the other letter that i i have it that i was going to bring up on today's show because i didn't want to i only talked to eric when we we're recording but no no that was uh <laughs> I love Tombstone and I love the Val Kilmer performance in Tombstone. So I, I don't know if you got tea locked up. I don't know what your schedule is, but if you need somebody for tea, I will be uh, happily so talk about Val Kilmer. I, I didn't even know that, that you love that movie. And so I I, obviously <laughs> when you asked between me and Jared, who would be uh, willing to do the AMA with you? And I said, I'm your Huckleberry like that. <laughs> That must have really sold it, me to you then. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he, well, he definitely knew. He knows the line, so maybe he likes the movie. And I do, yeah. It's it's one of my favorites. In fact, uh, I think I saw it the one time, and, and the next day I was – actually, I think I texted you, and I meant to text Gump. I was like, all right, so let's go to Tombstone. Let's go. <laughs> it's it's within driving distance. It's only like two and a half hours away. We could be there. I could do handguns, and, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you how Val Kilmer sat in ice bath. <laughs> You did text me. I was very confused initially, and I, I figured that it was for Gump, but it was just like, it, it'd be hard for me to make it out there to hang out with you, but I would love to do that. It sounds like a really cool fun we'll go time. Go to Tombstone. But, <laughs> but I great, don't think I'm going to make it today. <laughs> yeah, the great thing about Historic Arizona is like, it, they're like, okay, so this building is preserved. This was the whorehouse, and this is this was the bank. Like, all the buildings that are preserved from the Old West, it was either a whorehouse or a bank. That's it. Well, like, conveniently enough, else. the bank was also a whorehouse. Yeah, so. <laughs> biting political cover. Look at you, Dennis Miller over here. Yeah, babe. But uh, <laughs> file under entertainment. Please, please, please make sure you're listening. And you can go back and listen to the music season, which was last season. A lot of great stuff in there. Musical journeys from uh, Jared, from Eric, um, from other people on the show. Uh, you know, the other guy I'm going to be trying to track down here uh, in the next couple of days is I'm going to be tra- trying to track down Jake. Oh, nice. I, I just, I really, every time I, I'm on the show and, and he's on the show, I always have a fun time. I, I really like Jake. Um, I'm hoping I could track him down and kind of dig in. I, I, his his weird suggestion, his year of the algorithm, it's all on the front of my mind. It's it, I don't know why. It's very, very odd. And I, I'm interested to to kind of poke around and find out what's doing. So Yeah, he's uh, a great guy. Great conversation. And it's funny that you mentioned uh, about me, the whole Dennis Miller thing, because I have been called a uh an uglier less funny dennis miller <laughs> and i said thanks mom thanks for that 
Huge vote of confidence. That's great. <laughs> You're a less funny Dennis Miller. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, file under entertainment. Make sure you guys are listening. Uh, make sure you go check that out before we record. And make sure you're going on file under pod and you're file under pod. I almost said paw. <laughs> Everybody on the <laughs> that too. Yeah, <laughs> file under paw. But file under pod. Make sure you're getting your votes in. Please, please, please think. Think of the cranks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a movie that does, it needs its moment, and not just at Christmas. We, it's a, a whole community threatening a person for not celebrating Christmas. How can we not enjoy that? Uh, but yeah, make sure you're checking that file under entertainment. Um, they say I had a Twitter site. Also, if you're not already, make sure you're following us the, on Twitter. Uh, we are at EVLMRK. Once again, it's EVLMRK. Uh, and look for hashtag EMS198 to see special links, tweets, pictures, or stories we talk about today's episode. I'm going to go ahead and tweet out a link uh, to uh, file under pod. So if you you're, can't remember that, just remember, find us on Twitter. You'll be able to use that link. Go do your voting and also make sure you're following us because we post some good stuff and we post all our stories and anything we talk about. So find us on Twitter. And if you DM me there, I will respond. Um, but let's start today. This is a very, very special. This is like an after school special. This is a very special episode of uh, <laughs> America's favorite cat based podcast trivia game to test your knowledge of cinema's greatest movies, TV's favorite sitcoms and so forth. But all December long, we've been testing your knowledge of Christmas movies, and we have one more bonus Christmas movie. And in the spirit of the season, this comes with a late Christmas present, an Evil Mark Show t-shirt, size XL or 3XL, you pick. So don't put away those Christmas decorations just yet. It's time for a little What's Wrigley Watching, presented by Chewy.com. Now, you guys know the rules. Yeah, you've been here before. If you haven't been here before, we're going to give you some clues to a movie. you got to guess the movie. You have to send your answer to show at evilmark.com. We're going by timestamps. I need to know the full name of the movie. It can't, just be, it can't be the wrong thing. It has to be the full you name of it. This is going to be a timestamp situation, you think? Huh? Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> really? <laughs> if you just if you use the power of Google on the first one, oh okay, fair enough. I, yeah. I don't think that name comes up anywhere else in life. <laughs> but so, so yeah, winners are timestamped. You have to pick your shirt, XL or three XL. You get a T-shirt. You get your name, and you get a shout on the out on the show, and you get a shout out on Twitter. Uh, now, last week, the winner didn't get anything, but he did pick the correct movie. The winner was Darren in Denver, Colorado, who a lot of Colorado people listening uh, uh, recently have a lot of Colorado. Uh, 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 I don't know why we're so popular. Thank you. Louisiana and Colorado, two places I never thought. <laughs> they, they know you love Colorado so much. We're always talking about such fond memories of Colorado. Yeah. I'm always trashing Colorado. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> but thank you, I guess. But Darren in Denver, he correctly guessed Christmas with the Cranks, the Christmas movie starring Tim Allen, Jamie Lee Curtis, and based on a book by John Grisham. And here is the clip Darren shows. This is uh, this was more of a visual clip. I I, I tried to tell Darren that, but uh, this is a uh, this is Tim Allen trying to put up his Frosty the Snowman on top of his roof. There's a mad rush now that uh, his daughter is coming home. His daughter is supposedly this. I, I want to save it for for when we break down this movie because there's so much to be said about this movie. But there, at the in the third act, there's a huge rush for them to celebrate Christmas. All of, not to change their ways, but because their daughter is coming home and they're they're 
following through on uh, they've abandoned their elaborate uh, idea to not celebrate Christmas. The town bullied them. Uh, the, the entire community ostracized them, treated them poorly. Uh, they they went against the grain, decided not to celebrate Christmas, go on a cruise instead. Now their daughter calls. She's supposed to be in, in the Peace Corps, by the way. But what we find out later in the third act is that, like she's actually fucking some guy. She's bringing him home for their Christmas party for some reason <laughs> after being in the Peace Corps for all of like what like a month. <laughs> like it's <laughs> so now they're rushing to get everything out. And here's Tim Allen putting his giant Frosty the Snowman on his roof. Uh, I'm just... damn you, damn you, you too. I made the switch to. Uh, not that this will be interesting to anyone, but I've fully gone to edge now uh, just for all our, because our whole show is everything is centered around Microsoft products that we use on the back end and things like that and helps with automation. And, and I do not have the right ad blocker yet. So me and Jared haven't talked enough to get that sorted out. So we might, if I play you some Kelly Clarkson, we might run into a few ads. So just be advised. <laughs> Kids, guys, Mr. Crank is putting up his frosty. Let's go. Everyone in this town celebrates Christmas. And if there is even a, a moment where where they send carolers as as attacking people, like they they send carolers to disturb them, just to forcibly inject the Christmas spirit into their veins. And there's a one point they're like, uh, the carolers are concerned. They're like, well, do are, do we really want to be weaponized? Like the, they're not jewish or muslim are they and they're like no 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 though they're christians you can harass them they're like oh okay good good let's go but so that means this town in this universe that there was a there was a a line of demarcation where they were like you don't celebrate christmas we will fucking hate you and they're like no 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 i'm jewish i'm jewish and they're like okay i guess so i guess (laughs) we'll let it slide (laughs) you're telling me that doesn't stick in the back of their mind that means eric that they have a list of everyone who doesn't celebrate Christmas because oh, yeah. they would need to harass those people too. Well, they have to be real life Santas, right? With their, yeah. their naughty list and everything. So. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's 1984 is what it is. Good evening, Wolfer. Hey. Oh, 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 oh. He's the worst actor. <laughs> Unbelievable how bad he is. <laughs> he's just kind of weird. He's got a he's got Katy Perry eyes. Like he's looking everywhere else. <laughs> he's just staring off into space when he's supposed to be doing his scenes. It's really, really odd. But that is Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, so congratulations, Darren, uh, in Denver. And I think Wrigley. Oh, this one I think I, I don't know how he started watching this one, but I think Wrigley's been watching yes. even more TV. Set us up for this last Christmas edition. I, I would like to know that too. I would like to know what channel this was on that he got a hold of this one. Uh, because I'm blocking that channel from ever existing. Yes, Wrigley is always wanting to be part of the show, which is why he's lent his fall of approval to our tacos. Be spoiled, he has his own room with his own TV and DVR, which he's been using to try to watch media to contribute to the show, which is awesome. But unfortunately, he's a cat, so he's not the best at communication. 
So he's been using the dog's communication buttons to try to tell us about this old piece of media he was watching. Maybe you, dear listener, can be like Darren in Denver and help Mark and I piece together what's Wrigley watching the last (laughs) Christmas movie of the year. (laughs) And your clues for this week. The first clue is just so terrible. I can't believe I wrote that. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Hey, Santa, your friend, Mr. Hucklebuckle, is dead. (laughs) Basement incinerator in NYC. Santa and Paws, the new Turner and Hooch. Santa's power derived from a crystal. (laughs) Like the Pop-Tart mascot. (laughs) Paws died and was risen. (laughs) And Blue is the alpha. She was getting a little testy with Wrigley that her and Ghost should be a part of this thing. So they've collectively agreed that this sixth clue would be a combined effort, which we're calling Blue's Clues slash Ghost Gift. I think maybe she would rethink if she knew what the clue was this week. (laughs) Last week, it was Dewey, Abusey, and Friggin' Cheech again. Eric Persullivan, who plays Dewey and Malcolm in the Middle, has a role here, as does Jake Busey, son of Gary. And apparently Mark and Wrigley's favorite actor, Chief Marin, <laughs> once again, has a role in Christmas in the, the Cranks. And for this week, Blue's Clues Ghost Gift is this. Wrigley thinks all dogs, but Ghost and Blue should be on Santa's naughty list. Once again from the top, hey Santa, your friend <laughs> Mr. Hucklebuckle is dead. <laughs> Basement incinerator in NYC. Santa and Paws, the new Turner and Hooch. Santa's power derived from a crystal. <laughs> like the Pop-Tart mascot, Paws died and was risen. <laughs> and Wrigley thinks all dogs but Ghost and Blue should be on Santa's naughty list. If you want your pet to be spoiled like Wrigley, Wrigley, Ghost, Blue, Havana, and Jared's Stinky Birds, you can find the best stuff to give them their best life at Chewy.com. As a Chewy affiliate, we earn commission for qualifying purchases. You can find the link in the show notes and get started treating your pets like superstars. Yeah, a lot of sacrilege on the show. (laughs) 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 I just thought it was like, hey, Santa, your buddy. (laughs) Like, I wonder, you never see a, you never see a, a Christmas movie where someone breaks a really bad news to Santa Claus. They're never like, Santa Claus. You have cancer. <laughs> you just, it's, not, it's always light. Santa never really faces like any, uh, uh, any real, real struggles. Like you never hear Santa like, Oh, Santa, your friend, Mr. Hucklebuckle, you know, that uh, your very close friend is dead. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen this film. Um, regularly, obviously just, just told us about it. So, uh, but it sounds like ner- nightmare feel when I was re- reading, you know, cause he, he gave oh, me yeah. these, these, these lists and, you know, I, I figured it out from there. But then when I was doing some more, uh, research, uh, as to what this movie's all about, um, it doesn't sound great. Like no. I, <laughs> as crazy as the description is, it, doesn't even touch doesn't even do it justice for how crazy it is watching it it's it really is uh it, it's truly a cinematic masterpiece and and that's why t-shirts are on the line so please make sure you're sending your answers to show at evilmark.com i need the full name of the movie i don't need not the name of the franchise it can't be where it derived from it has to be the full name of the actual movie i will pick the scene don't worry about it 
um, and send that to show at evilmark.com. Uh, winners will be announced on Twitter and we will mention you next week on the show. Make sure you're sending your answers. And by the way, if you're not using Chewy.com, you're missing out. Chewy.com is the best place. It's like the Amazon of pet stores. Get everything delivered to your house, pet food, pet toys, pet medicine, everything delivered to your front door in a cool, fun box. Great company. And you can find that link in the show description. So if you are listening to this podcast, you can go wherever you're listening to it on any platform, look inside the show description, has some funny jokes, but it also has our link to Chewy.com that you can use. It has links for everything else. So everything is in the show description. If you're hearing this podcast, you're one click away from being able to see all our links and uh, checking out more information and using Chewy.com. I love Chewy.com. I actually need to place an order uh, uh, sometime uh, later tonight before I go to bed because I am running dangerously low on cat food. Hmm. It's a great service. Yeah. I mean, like I've said multiple times, a lot of times I'll place an order on a Friday and by Saturday afternoon, it's Mm -hmm. already delivered. Like they've got warehouses all over really quick shipment. Anything that's over $49 is free uh, shipment. So it's just phenomenal service. I love Chewy.com and yeah, so Chewy. glad to be partnered with them. Yeah, Chewy is awesome, awesome, awesome. So make sure you guys are uh, sending in your answers. The whole team, including Wrigley. And the dogs. Wish you the best of luck. All right, so this is a big day, episode 198. But, bro, it's Thursday. You know what that means. It's time to hand out some- No! No! I knew it. I knew it. I knew so. It, 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 some you point. forgot the taco music? Sometimes people that... We're standing on third base, think they hit a triple. Yeah, yeah sometimes. <laughs> You're right. You're, You're right, Jim. Sometimes <laughs> they do. Uh, well, give me one second. It, I think it's. Oh, man. Yeah. I know. We can't da, have a taco da, 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 Thursday da, da. without taco music. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, bunk. Please yell at me. Makes me sick, motherfucker, how far we done fell. <laughs> Taco Thursday is our version of a weekly award show where we reward the best places, people's things with the best award anyone can receive a taco. Eric, I would appreciate it if you guys kicked us off this week. Who is your first taco for? Yeah, we just got the two uh, this week. I think still, right? Like, yes. I, I, did, I didn't prepare a third, so I hope Yeah, definitely. Did. We're only two tacos. Uh, we, okay. After the holidays, you, you had probably had multiple feel, filling me- meals. It's, it, was a, it was a hangover. It's just going to be a light, a light tray of tacos. Just two. <laughs> it's like a jack-in-the-box kind of situation. Two tacos, right. 99 cents. <laughs> well, if there's one thing a shill knows, it's another shill. And perhaps mm. that is the reason that Mark has gone on record that he doesn't really care for the Four Little Network's golden boy, Buckeye honk Kirk Herbstreet, but methinks that I have found some common ground, at least the nub of the olive branch that will get these two together in no time. It's their love of the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. And while the Pac-12 is shuffling off this mortal coil and therefore the old traditions will never be the same, I know that Mark still has a lot of love and feels a sense of protection over the Rose Bowl. And Herbstreet Herb Street definitely does too. Jared is trying to call me for some reason. The idiot obviously doesn't know that we're recording. What a dick bag. Uh, in an award that I'm calling the Every Rose is Like Porn Taco, we find Herbie making a suggestion that I think Mark may agree with. It would make the Rose Bowl the most important college football game of the season. Herb Street wrote on X, quote, I really wish the leaders and decision makers would just make the Rose Bowl the host for the national championship every year. The setting, beauty, field, and history of that place is unparalleled. Last night was another chapter in its long and incredible history of memorable moments, end quote. 
Maybe it was a bit of recency bias in the part of Herbie who had just witnessed a playoff contest that was decided in overtime between two perennial blue bloods, Michigan and Bama. But he's not alone in thinking that the Rose Bowl deserves more gravitas. Joel Klatt mirrored the sentiment, saying, quote, making the Rose Bowl the national championship game every year creates a much needed marquee destination for all of college football, end quote. And it should come as no surprise that an L.A.-based reporter would feel the same. Doug McCain wrote, the quote, The Rose Bowl is the best setting for a game in any sport. The pageantry history, the San Gabriel Mountains, 90,000-plus fans, the fact that it's once a year, it doesn't get any better. The Rose Bowl should be the permanent site for the national championship, end quote. Seeing as how it's a popular idea that actually makes quite a bit of sense, I'm sure it will be soundly ignored for nearly a decade, <laughs> until people lose hope and then forget all about it. And only then the committee heads will bring it up as a possibility, as if it was a brand new idea that we should all be thrilled at the notion of that they thought of just out of whole cloth. But until then I'm offering this platter of evil Mark show tacos to Mark to bring to a meeting with Kirk Herb street so they can share <laughs> the tacos to have the fuel to go arm in arm to the committee to tell them to make this change. And more importantly, to get in the good graces of Herbie and the four letter network as much grief as we give ESPN and rightfully so, I still think we would both still love to be getting paid that network oh, money uh. <laughs> and make being sports figureheads our full-time gigs, <laughs> even if it is for ESPN. Make it happen, Mark. Herbie would look pretty good on an EMS shirt. Yeah, I got to admit, I, I wonder what a, I, I wonder what kind of Illuminati situation you got to you have to go through to be part of the ESPN. That would mean I'd work for Disney. I I can't. <laughs> That's the weird thing about ESPN because they're owned by Disney. So you, you'd be an employee of Disney. So like if you told your five-year-old something like one day you'll work for Disney, like if you like, Oh, that's the coolest thing ever. Um, but now I think, like, think you terrible. can reboot that Airbud franchise. <laughs> like they think about it. Yeah. Think about like, all the possibilities. I, I will reboot the whole Airbud universe. Like I, I <laughs> I'm talking just like Marvel is probably going to go through like a soft reboot. I would do a hard reboot. I I'm doing like a, and there will be a, a like they'll, they talk about the, the Snyder cut. There'll be the evil Mark cut of, <laughs> of the different Airbud movies that I make. Hey, give me control of that. Let, let's get it. Let's get some contracts for Maria Menounos, Lindsay Lohan. They're all coming back. We're, we're bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, yo, the one thing about Kirk Herbstreit, like I give him that. The, the, that's the one thing that's right. I've been there not only for a Rose Bowl, but I've been there for to see just UCLA play. And it's even when you're just watching UCLA uh, play like some terrible team, like University of Arizona, like, <laughs> like a real garbage team that probably doesn't belong in the Pac-12. It was always a magical experience. The Rose Bowl is is uh, my next taco gets into it. There are so many positives to it. I think the negative is is the traffic. Getting to Pasadena is probably like it's, it's a fucking nightmare. It's literally the worst thing they can they can is it ru- almost ruins the, the fan experience. But once you're there, the setting, the stadium is also terrible. But just knowing the history of it, it's 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 like um, the only thing I can kind of compare it to is is, is like I, when last year when I came out and visited you and I got to see uh, um, Wrigley Field. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like, you've seen it on television so much and, you've, and you're just like, even if you're not a Cubs fan and I'm not, I'm, I grew up a Dodgers fan, uh, always been a national league guy, but like to see it is to be amazed by it. There's nothing like it. There's just a very few iconic stadiums left in the, in the sporting world. Uh, and 
outdoor ones are probably the last ones still standing ballparks and, and football stadiums are it because every other Boston garden has been torn down or replaced. Uh, the forum is, is been raised to the ground. Like your classic stadiums for basketball, indoor arenas are all gone. All we have are just the outdoor stadiums. And it's one of the rare beauties and for it to be the host of the national championship game every year. I like it. I do like the idea of a, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I mean, I, I do like the idea of it working its way around. Like I like the idea of the Rose bowl getting it one year, the Fiesta bowl getting another year. And then the cotton mm-hmm. bowl, I, cause it, it as much as I love the Rose Bowl, all those other bowls, well, the Cotton Bowl is not so much, but all those other bowls are, are, are iconic in their own way. But you're right. They're just the granddaddy of them all. And it's uh, that's the one thing Kirk Herbstreit got right. <laughs> I figured that that maybe yeah. that would make a change or two, and at least in that respect for that one thing that he got right. I, I just, you know, that there's uh there's this controversial thing going on right now. Like uh, as we speak, as we record Wednesday night, there uh, like all these names from the Epstein flight list are, are going to be released. Um, in fact, they're going to dump them early. So the, it, that's the the rumor uh, that's been going around today uh, in the news. And like when I heard that the names were, were going to come out, I'm like, ah, God, I hope Kirk Herb Street's on that list, man. Oh my that God. would really be great for me. Because <laughs> I was like, fuck that guy. I do not like that guy. <laughs> it was like him and Stephen A and Colin Cowherd. And like, <laughs> it would be like, if we could just sweep them all up in one hoop, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if, if you could have one name, like, so we'll see if I could only have one name, then I maybe wouldn't want to waste it on Kirk Herb Street. I mean, if you could have one name, that you could just will into being on that flight log and it ruins a person's, you know, uh, uh, reputation ruins their prestige and they basically have to go away. I mean, it's really, really tough. I mean, I would want to go with a former Husky. I, I, maybe I'd go with Nate Robinson. Like maybe, I don't know. It'd be very, who would you, who would you like to, what would Harbaugh? You- Oh, that would be great. Oh, that would be. Could you imagine the NCAA couldn't take him down? <laughs> A flight logs take him down. Just, yeah. Oh, that would be so yeah, great. Like, now we know why you like SpongeBob so much, you mm-hmm. fucker. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that would be great. I would really, Kirk Street would be good, but yeah, I have to really, really put some thought into to who I'd want to be on that flight list. But uh, uh, here's hoping. Here's hoping. <laughs> uh, my taco is also uh, Rose Bowl centric. And to give you guys a preview of what things we'll be talking about in the offseason, if, you, if you're new to the show or you just came in during the college football season, uh, I like to call this taco the worst take in sports history taco. And I'm giving it to Colin Cow. No, wait, wait, wait. Skip it. No, no, no. Oh, how could the worst take in sports go to anyone but the idiot buffoon and Cars superfan, Stephen A. Smith? Now, Stephen A. got his 2024 off to a hot start with a blistering, stupid hot take about changing the location of the Rose Bowl game away from the actual Rose Bowl stadium. While appearing on Wednesday's episode of First Take, Smith insisted that the game should be moved out of Pasadena and into a pro stadium, more specifically SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, home of the LA Rams and Chargers. And this all boiled down to LA traffic. And let's hear from the moron right now. Here's Stephen A. uh, giving his idea, his reasons why, the Rose Bowl should not be played at the Rose Bowl. So far, 
I mean, have you been there, doggy? I Let me tell you something. This is a spectacular stadium. And all I'm trying to say is it's, this. It's you got You got 100,000 people showing up. And we literally, I'm talking about, you literally you get off the highway, right? So traffic is backed oh, up for a mile no. trying to get off the exit. Let me help you. Can you ask me a question? Please let me answer. We're going on the highway, right? <laughs> This is obviously a guy who usually is able to, to travel without any issues. This is this is a millionaire who's been inconvenienced for the first time who realizes, like, I have to wait in traffic with the rest of the plebs. Like, I can't believe this. The traffic is backed up. And then you know how you got to make a right, right? And then a quick left, right? And that makes traffic. But it's a light there. So that makes traffic. When well, you make the right, you, you got to stop in the light. And then you make a quick right. And then the light's right there. And then you make a quick left. And the right like this. And it's only one lane. There's 100,000 people. Yeah, he, he's wrong about the, the, the Rose Bowl being out of the Rose Bowl. But he's absolutely right about the traffic. That is exactly how ridiculous it is to get to that stadium. I mean, damn. And listen, at some point Stephen in time, follow, Stephen you, you, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to get to the me. damn game. And I'm just follow saying. Me, Stephen I, I, I swear me. to you. I follow swear me. to y'all. And, and this me. is bushy. Hold on. This is bushy, but I'm going to say it. Bushy. I swear to y'all, if I could have. I'd have took a helicopter in there. I knew he was going to bring. I knew he was going to bring a helicopter. <laughs> That's what rich people go to all the time. Especially. So let me get this straight: that but Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash, and Stephen A. Smith is flying around in helicopters and hasn't fucking crashed and died. Something is wrong, or definitely wrong with the world. That tells you about the uh, for for those atheists in the crowd. That that's there's your proof of no God. <laughs> Kobe Bryant is 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 splashed all over a hillside. Stephen A. Smith is is upset about the traffic going to the Rose Bowl. That's that's it. Let's finish the rest of this clip. I took a helicopter. They'd have let me. See, they'd have let me. I took a helicopter. Just, just say this. Traffic say is that this. bad. Say this. You've changed. Say this so you can save, change, so you can Stephen bring, a. like, so normal people can be in your lair. Just say this. Yeah, no, I am no. Move the- <laughs> there's, there's nothing that proves your normalness more than screaming, I'm normal. From <laughs> yeah, there's no better censure than that. It's, uh, that and, and uh, telling a woman to calm down. They're just two totally irrational things that people say. Can you just say that? Can you just you say that? They shouldn't a move the Rose Bowl. Uh, you're you're a long way from Stephen Hollis. Just say that. I don't want to hear that, that, that again. I, I am in Hollis. I'm always in Hollis. No, I'm always in Hollis. I'm always in Hollis. You're in Hollis. Oh my gosh. I can't make it through the rest of This is why I don't watch any of these shows. Oh my God. There's four maniacs screaming at each other. It's it's like it, people, you know, people do takes on like how bad Fox News and CNN News is. Like, you know, like they always do like a, a fake talking head segment in movies and TV shows. Like it, the cliche happens every day on ESPN, every single day. It, it's the absolute worst. It's it's a uh, it's it's ruining the culture. More than anything, anything, it's the worst thing happening to America is, is the talking heads talking over each other. I, I can't say it. I can't say <laughs> it. But, uh, of course, SoFi Stadium could definitely host a big game, but the sterile tax-funded monstrosity is more appropriate for a boat show or an RV show or something even more uninteresting, like I don't know, a Chargers game. But college football fans have no desire to totally finish selling off the rest of our dignity to the highest bidder quite yet. We'll see when the new TV money comes out. But Stephen A., Proves once again he's the worst talking head with the worst takes. And Aaron Rodgers told me he was on the Jeffrey Epstein plane, sitting right next to Jimmy Kimmel. That's a joke. I know. I know Kimmel doesn't know 
what that is, him or his sister, the cunt. Anywho, Twitter decided it was time to slow roast Stephen A. And here are some of the comments here. These were some of the better ones. Uh, this is a user. Stephen A. Smith is an out-of-touch millionaire who has more in common with sports owners than he does with actual fans. This is the worst sports take of the year, and we're only three days in. <laughs> Uh, another another person, SoFi doesn't allow tailgating. The Rose Bowl is the best tailgating in the country. Stephen A. is, as usual, wrong. <laughs> it's probably the, the best, most well-thought-out uh, tweet that's, that's kind of ever existed. Um, so clearly, Stephen, you've started the year poorly. But I know something that could possibly turn your year around. How about an evil Mark Shotaka with Wrigley's paw of approval? You've already been gifted Everything, considering you're a no-talent hack who blackmailed his way into being an NBA insider by threatening to out-closeted NBA players. So why not get another accolade you honestly didn't deserve? So enjoy it in hell and hopefully stuck in I-5 traffic at 3 p.m. in Pasadena, California. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, funnily enough, that must have been a late change. That would yes. must have been like a, a <laughs> sub because when I was looking at the outline earlier – you had two different ones on there. And so when I was talking about the Rose Bowl, I almost finished it off by saying, I, I almost added the line about Stephen A making that comment about SoFi, which would have completely derailed your entire taco. So I'm glad now in hindsight that I didn't do it. But uh, yeah, I looked at yours and I was like, I was like, mm. then I saw this other thing about Stephen A. I was like, because I was like, we we're going to cover the Cheese It Bowl later in, in my my feelings about the Cheese It Bowl. And I was like, the Cheese It Bowl, the Pop Tart Bowl, I think everyone's seen. It's it's such a popular thing. We'll get into that later. But like the Cheese It Bowl, I don't think everyone saw. And it's definitely visual to to realize how cringy that the the cheese, or at least I thought how cringy the the Cheese It mascot was compared to the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful, awesome god's gift that like hey, i wish we would have been there to help them to help put uh, them over absolutely. but obviously obviously they had it figured out <laughs> people who are on the there's a, there's an online petition to get the pop tart bowl involved in in the college football playoffs <laughs> the expanded playoffs <laughs> oh if only man <laughs> that's well just e- even if it doesn't have the uh like the honor of becoming in the mix for a playoff uh, contention. It has to stick around. Like it it needs to be uh, an annual event and always with an edible mascot and hopefully different flavors each year, but always with the same kind of energy and, yeah, that's it's, so great. Oh, yeah, we're we're gonna get into it. Oh, it's 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 such it's it, I, like I said, we we get to the shibbies in two weeks, and we always award best bowl game. And I, I think it's clear this it, this is like a Tom Hanks performance, like when when he was in his prime. You're just like this guy just delivered all the goods. Just 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 have him yeah, come this, pick up the Oscar right now. Like just exactly tell him. like <laughs> it runs uncontested. Like there's no one that can even like there's not even any other options to choose from like it's like a best bowl pop tart bowl like yeah yeah it's 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 yeah it's well maybe not the best bowl but best bowl sponsor and mascot and all the kind of like accoutrement that goes with it with everything yeah yeah. I, I mean, forget about the game. I mean, forget about the game. This is it was a game. TV. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. It's like, I keep, every time I, I read about it or I see that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that Kansas State played in that game. That's right. They won it. That's right. I forgot about Kansas State. That's right. Totally. <laughs> when the, when the mascot and the, the, the pageantry overshadows both teams by like a country mile, you're just like, this bowl game has to be protected at all costs. It's wonderful. It's great. Uh, but we'll, We'll move on to the next thing. Uh, uh, who's your next taco for? 
Yeah, we're becoming more open as a society as to the importance of mental health. I think that's a great thing, erasing stigmas and learning that even people in high paying or high profile gigs still have the same insecurities and anxieties as the rest of us. At the same time, though, we're learning what those people do to cope with their issues. And while there are some run of the mill acts that any of us can emulate, like Caleb Williams dog cuddles or fast food binges, <laughs> There are others like million dollar gambling excursions, ayahuasca trips and darkness treats that are a little bit harder for Joe and Jane Q public to emulate. What a relief, therefore, to know that even though we'll never get anywhere close to being as great at our jobs as Nick Saban is to collegiate coaching, we can at least share solidarity that he's just like us after a depressive episode. In an award that I'm calling the Netflix and Kill Taco, we find Saban curling up into a ball to have a ball with Miss Terry Saban after his Rose Bowl defeat. USA USA Today reported that Terry asked Nikki Poo if he wanted to watch the Sugar Bowl matchup between Texas and Washington, (laughs) but not having to game plan for either as an opponent, having just lost a heartbreaker in overtime himself, the last thing he wanted to do was watch more pigskin. So he said, quote unquote, not really. And then Terry suggested that they take in a Netflix flick instead. Apparently, they're currently watching a foreign film together, and she assumed that they would resume where they left off. She's told reporters that the film is, quote, Turkish or something, end quote, and that she thought that reading subtitles would aid in keeping Nick from dwelling on the defeat, except he previously told reporters back in November, ostensibly, possibly about this very film that that they were resuming, <laughs> quote, we have to read the captions, whatever, the subtitles, because it's in a foreign language. And Terry keeps saying, turn it up. I can't hear it. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> My guess then is that he wasn't able to relax and refocus if he was annoyed about her also wanting to hear dialogue that she can't understand. I think we've cracked the code as to what happened on that last play of their game against Michigan. They were going to run something really good, but seeing the play call was in Turkish and Milrose said that he couldn't hear it. <laughs> Whatever comes next for the greatest of all time coach, he can face it with this plate of evil Mark Tacos, the tastiest award in all sports. While the natty won't be coming home to Nick, the napkin used to wipe your mouth after enjoying an EMS taco, <laughs> that's all yours, Mr. Saban. You'll notice that this napkin also conveniently displays a play call from NCAA 14, a couple of standard curl routes for the receivers instead of a quarterback draw into a stacked box. Just saying, fast food toiletries call a better game than Tommy Reese. Enjoy your evil Mark Show taco. That's who should have been sacrificed instead of the pop tart. <laughs> should have been, I mean, Reese should have been stuffed in that toaster. Yeah, what a terrible, terrible call. I was like, I was like, wow, like that's really, really uninspired. I'm like, I, I feel like we all know Saban really runs that offense. I mean, he does have an offensive coordinator, but he runs his playbook. I don't imagine knowing their offensive production earlier in the year. I imagine play calling duties if they were ever in Tommy Reese's hands got taken away from him. But this is just another another mark against this this guy. Like he he is going to wear out his welcome everywhere until he ends up in the Mac. Uh but he's definitely going to eat the blame for this one. In no way Saban's going to take the blame for this one in my mind, even though he's the one probably responsible. But it's such a bizarre play. 
most and it's it just run right into the pile like <laughs> it's not yeah and it trip over your own guy i mean that's not his fault i mean like milro we know he's dynamic with the football like i mean but you're running into a stacked box like that, <laughs> that can't be the best play call that you had it really like you took you took a timeout of your own. Michigan took a timeout. So you got to talk about that twice, and that's still what you came up with? Like, I, what the hell, man? And they're being so hush-hush about it. Like, no one's really taking blame for it. They're like, oh, we made the decision as a team. Like, if this was Brian Kelly, he would he would have, like, he would have been like, yeah, Tommy didn't make the right call. Like, he'd already thrown Milrow and, and Reese under the bus. Like, it would have already been done, like, seconds after the game the fact that they're so tight-lipped around this makes me it's really really interesting but to see them go out like that uh in overtime with an uninspired play call it's in what was supposed to be their down year where they basically again sticking with the jesus theme, where they were basically left for dead rose up and then they immediately get smacked back down and now they put michigan in the in the prime position to to win a national title it's, it's sad it's sad that 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 was the final play for for Alabama. Just a really disappointing year, uh, really disappointing call. Yeah, absolutely agree. So I will get us even more into Jesus stuff and sacrilege because <laughs> today's show pretty much revolves around him, not him, Christ. I mean, Jim Harbaugh. And he has kind of deserved it. Our opening clip was just a minute of Jim Harbaugh being a weirdo, talking about his chickens, his chicken coops, how much they enjoy seeing him. And I love weirdos, especially like Christy weirdos. I am a Christy weirdo. Go listen to my musical journey on File and Entertainment. So I should love Jim Harbaugh, but I don't. And it's because his Christy stuff is creationist museum cringe. So I call this next taco the how many stars does on three give Jesus Christ taco? And I'm giving it to the aforementioned weirdo, milk enjoyer, khaki wearer, cheater, and head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh. Now, leading up to the Rose Bowl and the college football playoffs in general, there have been hours and hours of pressers for the media. And sometimes the foreign media or the mainstream media gets fascinated when they discover that characters in college football. And this was no different. The 60-year-old head coach was asked about Jesus Christ during a media session on Saturday. More specifically, Harbaugh was asked about why Joseph and Mary's son is, quote, such a key figure in his life. And Harbaugh went wild. Here is the quote. I, I, <laughs> and again, this is Jim Harbaugh. Quote, I have a feeling that if Jesus would have come back now in this era, I suppose that many of the biblical analogies and teachings would, would be about sports as well as agriculture, maybe a combination of the two. Solomon would have been a great coach too. I have that feeling. Jesus would have been a five-star. He would have been a five-star player. No doubt about it. He would have been a Hall of Fame coach. End quote. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh just said Jesus would be a five-star recruit and a great coach. And by the way, he just throws Solomon in there too. Just by the way, Solomon, would be, he, you know who would make a hell of an offensive coordinator? John the Baptist, air raid guy, <laughs> spread option guy. I mean, he's a real student of the uh, of offensive philosophy. Just one of the best offensive brains ever, John the Baptist. You know, he loses his head. Yeah, I mean, it's just that'll be unfortunate. But I mean, it's 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 crazy. Now, look, I love JC. I'm all about him, but I don't know if I'm ready to just give out five stars without seeing some game film. Here's what I know about my boy JC. Okay, teenage years, early youth are shrouded in mystery. Don't like that. Was known to pedantically correct elders, but rolled with a pretty motley crew. I mean, yes, he is probably going to be recruited in the SEC just based on that, just based on what we know. He seems <laughs> like an SEC recruit. Weird crew, 
spotty youth that no one really knows about. Yeah, he's definitely going to the SEC. But there was there was this incident with the money changers at the temple that was problematic. I mean, let's look at the current batch of five-star players. All of them are over six feet tall. And I'm assuming JC is going to be a skill player, right? Not a lineman or a linebacker, tall, lanky guy. This guy has to be a quarterback, a wide receiver, maybe a defensive back. Now, if you believe in Jesus as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white guy, then immediately we have to rule out defensive back. Like we're thinking wide receiver or quarterback, probably quarterback. But per the Bible, Jesus Christ was the same stature of his disciples. And in Luke 19, three to four, a tax collector tells how he had to climb a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus Christ. And if he was over six foot, he would be towering over his, over his peers at the time. So we know he's not six foot. And, and also, I, I can't believe Jim Harbaugh has got me into this. The Bible calls out tallness several times. Saul and Goliath, height is constantly talked about when they're being described. And historical evidence of that era puts someone in that era closer to 5'5". Five, five. So, Jared, Eric, mm-hmm. here's what we got. We got a guy who's five foot nothing. A hundred nothing and barely a speck of athletic ability. JC is playing at Northern Illinois if he's lucky in his height video really pops. Now, hey, Jim Harbaugh, I'll concede the point. He probably would have made a great coach. He did inspire. He did lead. He managed a huge, huge uh, kind of uh, events and, and things that happened. But is JC ready to really turn the other cheek when Lane Kiffin, a.k.a. Joey Freshwater, starts tweeting at him or when Saban big times him? Jesus Christ in college football. I just don't know about any of that, Jimbo. But maybe, but maybe we should break bread. In the form of an evil Mark Shotaco and discuss the finer points of Jesus Christ and where he would fit into the college football landscape. It, look, I don't know if we should be, we should be, if Jim Harbaugh should be bringing up Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know how cool he'd be with all the cheating to win, win stuff. I mean, he did freak out at a temple that was basically running a flea market. You might want to just let <laughs> Jesus Christ focus on bigger issues. Like, I don't know, getting shout outs from MVPs or taking calls from Tim Tebow or being placed in weird Western style motifs by Mormons. I think he's good. We don't need to worry about Jesus Christ. Five star, five star recruit. Uh, I mean, if he's running in sand in sandals, then, you know, once he's on grass and cleats, then man, that that speed's really going to translate. And, Imagine how popular he would be at, at the after parties, you know, turning the Gatorade yeah. into wine. <laughs> like, wow. I wonder what the NIL deal would be. I wonder if he would get, like, he's got to get at least get a million. I mean, if Riola is out there getting close to a million, he's got to get a million. I hear <laughs> offensive linemen are getting, Miami gives offensive linemen a million. I, I got to think that JC's got to be pushing a mil, mil two. You got to think that he's probably going to have to get like a Beats by Dre kind of sponsorship. Like, I think he's going to big time a lot of these, like uh, these Joel Austin or like, I think he's definitely more luxury brand kind of guy. I could see him like rocking like Louis Vuitton, uh, uh, you know, receiver gloves. I mean, Jesus has got to be quarterback, right? There's no way he could be wide receiver Jesus. Well, I mean, if he really is that stature, then maybe he's a small slot guy that can just, Mm. you know, duck under. Like if he's a quarterback, like a five-five quarterback, he's not even seen over that line. He's getting so many balls swatted back in his face. Oh man, that that would not be good for for Chase JC. Yeah, you know Julian Edelman. I mean, he he was a, he was a Jewish guy, shorter guy, wide receiver. You know what? Hey, you know what? I think I think we have a comp here, right? 
<laughs> Julian Edelman. Julian Jesus Edelman Christ. is Jesus Christ. Wow. In the in the slot. Boom. <laughs> Boom. And then Tom Brady. And then Tom Brady could yell at him. <laughs> Just like he yelled at Julian Edelman. It would be great. We, we put him right there in the slot. See, then you really have to worry about that. Like, like they're not getting the ball enough to Jesus. Like, not only is it <laughs> terrible, like, but, like we're not using our best player. At the same time, I think of everybody and I'm like, if we can let a dog play basketball, then why not let Jesus start a quarterback? Fuck it. Like, let's, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't have to worry about if the, the field gets flooded because he can walk on water. He can so walk on water. <laughs> see, I think the real trick here is going to be, you know, I, I always wonder, like, uh, if he would have lived, do you think he would have, like, sunk into the water? <laughs> like, that would have, like, diminished or would he have his full complement of of magical powers the entire time. Like, <laughs> I wonder if it would have diminished a little. Yeah. yeah. I also wonder like what would happen if like God came back and I was like, yo, where's my, where's my boy? And they're like, well, you know, um, <laughs> sorry, Santa. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God, <laughs> your son, Jesus is dead. <laughs> Our bad. There was a thing, and uh, it was crazy at the time. You had to have been there, like I don't know, and then, and then I could just be, you know, God's like, "Hey, look, man, that's it. I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm leaving you here. <laughs> I'm leaving Jim Harbaugh here. He's going to be successful, and you can figure it out. I'm gone. Boom, like off. And this, this would be the payback. Living in a world where, where Washington and Michigan play for a national title. <laughs> I. I- I think we've offended so many people by this point in time. Like maybe more than we ever have. Like even like one of the listeners, like what was it? His brother was murdered. Oh by yeah. And I think that we've we've offended more people than even then. Yeah, I like Jay Z. I'm just saying. I don't know if he's a five star talent. I, I just. <laughs> I'm not there. I'm not there. Now, look, he was point guard, basketball. There's a lot more leeway there. <laughs> a lot more leeway. But a little 5'5 five, five Jewish guy, I, look, it's just not, not going to work. It's not going to work. But I, I, Jim Harbaugh, the effort, the weirdness. I mean, does it get any more strange than Jim Harbaugh? Just to be in a, yeah. in a press conference and then be like, because the, the question is teed up. And, and I've looked into this. The reporter was like from some like Christian you know, magazine, like one of these hustle places, you know, like they probably sell special water and they're, what they're looking for is basically him to be like, yeah, you know, I love Jesus and it kind of guides the principles of my life and how I live my life and how I treat people. Like that's what the, that's the answer that they want. Like they're asking <laughs> yeah, him about yeah. Jesus so he can give them the, like the standard regurgitated, like I'm a good Christian and here, this is how great it's been in my life. Like it's a setup question, but the fact that he would to get that question, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, Jesus would be a five star recruit. Like, <laughs> such a jump. And such Solomon a, would be a great coach. Like, like no one was even asking him about Solomon. Like, what's what is he doing? <laughs> and then his chicken coop. I mean, he's just he's such a weird guy. He's such a strange guy. And this is just to, to see him on the stage, on the podium, accepting the national trophy, and just what he might say is is going to be. That's what you're, that's what I'm tuning in for. Like I don't need I need I don't need the game. I need the presser after <laughs> the crazy shit he's going to say. That's what I'm looking forward to. But uh, that was Taco Thursday, our version of a weekly award show where the winners receive the tastiest awards. 
and the most sacrilegious awards anyone could get a taco. Congrats to all our yeah, winners. I think we could do a, a program style kind of like football movie that's all about biblical figures. You got Samson in there as like the center, right? Like it, <laughs> who doesn't know that his hair causes causes all of his strength, and so he gets a haircut, you know, before the big game, and that that's a huge issue, and like. You know, Judas is a defensive back that just kind of gives up on plays. Oh and like, yeah, oh, man. Holy see, I, cow. Like I, I definitely see Judas as more of a of a, a temperamental wide receiver, like an Antonio <laughs> Brown type. Like there you he, go. Yeah. He, he's he's high he's high performing, then all of a sudden he just takes plays off, doesn't block. Like I totally see Judas as the 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 lackadaisical wide receiver. But you're right there. It, I'm, you know. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but the Daily Wire and, and Ben Shapiro, they actually make movies now. Um, they make, uh, they, they've mostly been focusing like anti-woke comedies and they have a Western, like, of course, like you get, you get a bunch of rich white conservatives together and they immediately go right to the Western, right? Like, but maybe, maybe we should shop them this idea of, you know, Airbud meets Jesus Christ in football, like uh, the gridiron, the 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 holy gridiron. Like we'd have to, we'd have to, we'd have to workshop it. We'd have to. We, there, there's a story there. <laughs> they get together. Okay, okay so the, and it maybe like a Space Jam style thing, where like basically like the forces of evil, like uh, Moloch, uh, the devil, and like uh, like Allah, like they're all together, right? And they, <laughs> wow! Oh, holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> and they formed they formed it they formed it an unholy like, alliance to destroy the world. And the like the monsters in, in fucking yes. space jam. <laughs> yeah, like the monsters in space jam. So they have this unholy alliance and they're gonna settle this all once and for all. Like, look, we all like anyone who's read Revelation knows like Revelations was tacked on to like Revelation is complete nonsense. It's just anyone who's a study the Bible or uh, a Bible scholar, even people who are casually interested, like revelation is so out of left field. It's, it's, it's literally just pasted on the end. It's like some crazy person's manifesto who somehow got, got to be in the main book. It's really ridiculous. I don't see how a, a space jam style football game for good versus evil. It makes more sense than what's in revelation. I mean, it makes <laughs> way more sense. We play a football game to determine who wins, who loses, who gets the soul of the world. All the I chips are on the table. The seven headed beast. Uh, that would be a pretty cool logo for the, for the, <laughs> I mean, I could lie. That's a, that's a pretty metal logo that they, that they got going on. It, they're well, the, the monsters or whatever we're calling them. It, they're definitely probably like a, they're definitely a big 12 team. Like I just feel that like, <laughs> They they came out of a a weird conference. Somehow they got in at the last moment. <laughs> so I, I just I, I think they're the the ACC, right? The the, the Antichrist. Yeah. Oh, conference. you're right. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I. But what uniforms do you put them in? Do you, you, you do you put? I think the Jesus team has got to be in like those Penn State whites, right? Like oh, you yeah. can't say it's Penn State white, but you, the same, you know, basically Penn State uniforms where they're like the white, really clean classic kind of kind of look and then the the, the bad guy should definitely be maze like that's definitely <laughs> or, yeah. with, or that you gotta go with the helmet, red 
I don't know. Buckeyes kind of would they kind of got the right colors, especially with those alternate uniforms. I'm 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 I have to call Ben Shapiro and tell him what he got an idea for a movie. We got it. We got it all worked out. Moses is a running back that just parts the line, like right. Yes, <laughs> it runs through the Red Sea. Oh yeah, the, there you go. The, the the bad team has to be wearing red, so they could be the Red Sea. That's oh. a, you know, yeah. That Moses. Holy cow, we. We got it. No one steal our shit. We yes, got it off. <laughs> we're going to have a writing session right after this show. We're workshopping <laughs> it. Yeah, we're workshopping <laughs> it. We'll put it together. Uh, What's great, people will learn all about the historical figures from the Bible. I, I, you, I could, I'm already slotted in who, who I think. P- see, people are so obsessed with that. Uh, uh, a, a, me and Jared haven't got a chance to talk to it, but like they were there, there was an obsession on TikTok about like an all black team versus an all white team. Let's see, you know, like just so we can. I forget which NFL player spouted off about that, but then people started like actually like breaking out the rosters and like talking about like who would the white team have like, and, and, and they were like, well, look, man, the white team, really good quarterback, best tight ends in football are going to be there. You have a great offensive lineman. You have a great defensive lineman. The, the, the part where the white team falls apart is, is the defensive backs. It's just <laughs> yeah, no secondary. <laughs> yeah, the secondary is you're you're swamped. There's just no good. You're going to have to have guys play both ways. You're you're going to have to have uh, you have to have guys play at a position. But I think you can kind of you can have a wide receiver play corner. It's not the worst thing in the world. Mostly a cornerback is just a terrible wide receiver to begin with. So I mean, I think it's okay. You're, you're not going to be able to run anything exotic like cover six, but you should you'll be all right. Like I, I think the white team would have a, a fighting chance there. They're not totally lost now. You, you think about this football game. <laughs> you think about other than Goliath. I mean, there's not a lot of. And Goliath's a bad guy. He's probably playing for the other side. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they don't have the beefy. They don't have the strength up front uh, for that offensive line and for the defensive line. They're going to have to get after that quarterback. And I imagine the 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 Satan led team is probably going to play like a. a a more like crazy kind of uh, passing kind of offense, maybe a spread option. Like uh, they're going to really test you. They're going to work the screens, bubble screens, uh, very much in the, in the mold of a uh, Ryan day. looks like he would be a good coach for that team. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> for sure. Well, we'll work on well, it. But, uh, <laughs> I can't believe oh. we've totally crossed the line into <laughs> Absolute sacrifice. Oh. <laughs> we, we didn't just cross the line. We sprinted past it. Like yeah. we're, we're states away from it. Yeah. The there all, is no longer a line. The all Bible football team. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's pay a few bills. <laughs> and this yes. is a good one because I don't have to read it. Yeah, if Shib still wants us after this. Uh today's episode is brought to you by Shibi Inu. Shib, Shibi Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shibi Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing Dogecoin and Bitcoin on coin market cap. You can buy hashtag Shib on all the most popular coin exchanges like Mark's favorite Coinbase, but the best place to find more information is by following at Shib Token on X. There you'll find the links to the Discord, subreddit, Telegram, and everywhere else to find more info on Shiba Inu. Do you want to create the next great foreign language film that will break Saban's brain and spirit? Start investing <laughs> in crypto, become a Shib millionaire, and use those diamond paws to roll film Shib to the moon. Hey, maybe you could use it to uh, to in- invest in our film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I, I'm already thinking about casting. I'm, I'm, you, you, you know who has to play Jesus, right? Like Nick Cage has to play Jesus. <laughs> has to. Like I mean, gotta, I think he's a, he's a little old at this point. Maybe if we had we put him through like the de aging kind of machine, because. I yeah, want to go young, like a Zac Efron type. I mean, I, I need, I need, I need Jesus to have like, a little bit of bulk. I, I like uh, Nick Cage as Jesus, but I'm saying, like, especially if we try to do this to like a, a collegiate or like early kind of like mm. pro kind of age kind of thing, I think Nick is a little long in the tooth. But if you have him do the the voice and you kind of do like the visual effects thing of you know, he's doing all the mocap stuff, but we're de aging him digitally, then. Or maybe he's the head coach who's lost his faith. And this is <laughs> this will be the human part of the story to kind of tie it back to everything. Like he's he's a coach who's lost his faith. Very, very, very uh Mel Gibson in science, but we won't get Mel Gibson because you know. And Maria Menunos is his uh, you know, long suffering wife that they're kind of going through a trust. Oh yeah, they're se- mm-hmm. yeah. Oh man, it writes itself. <laughs> it writes itself. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> that that would be the human element of the story that, that kind of brings it in. He's the coach, lost his faith, and he he decides to coach, try to save his his failing marriage and rebuild the relationship with his daughter. It's gotta be a daughter, never a son, because no one ever cares about it. <laughs> If father and son don't like each other, that, that doesn't move the needle in Hollywood. You gotta be a father and daughter. Son, yeah, so no one gives a fuck about it. What role do we have Mario Lopez? Is he one of the players or is he because he's kind of he's getting to that age too, where maybe he's an assistant coach? Yeah, or... maybe he's the defense, the hard-nosed defensive coordinator. There you go. Okay. The, I like the, it. The the Latin coach uh kind of flair on that. Like, yeah, we we can really we'll get this casted out. Like <laughs> And because it's the Daily Wire, I don't, I don't have a lot of money, so we will definitely get that girl from uh, Star Wars, the ones who has the weird Holocaust uh, takes. She's like in all their movies. Uh, Gina what's Carana? her name? Yeah, Gina Carano. Boom! Like I don't know. We'll have to figure out a role for. Her. We, well, see, got- that, see if this is Shapiro. If this is like a anti woke thing, are they going to let us have Maria Menounos and Mario Lopez? Yeah, they might it's a little be too ethnic. Yeah, we're 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 gonna have to go shopping hey. off the approved list. Like we like. Where well, we, we want Nick Cage, half Mexican either. We're gonna have to tell them that you're oh no, no, yeah, no, and yeah, definitely can't. We we can't bring up the former Catholic ex nay on the Catholic a even ex nay <laughs> stuff, kind of Eric. We can't mention that at all. Like, <laughs> I hope they don't listen to any of our previous episodes. Yeah, if they ever find out I've been to a, a cedar dinner, then we're definitely cooked. But we gotta, we, we have to go shopping off the list of like. Tim Allen, Gina Carano. We got to go shopping off the the conservative Hollywood list, unfortunately. So, like, instead of getting uh, Nick Cage, like, we can have Kelsey Grammer. Or we can have Tim Allen. I mean, this is <laughs> these are the you know, this is why you this is why movie creators uh, lean on uh, uh, you know uh, people to you know to to get staff. You know what I mean? Like, we they lean on casting people because yeah, we write it for Nick Cage, but we get Tim Allen. <laughs> Well, as long as well, I'll take Kelsey Grammer as long as he has that line in there about <laughs> fucking an alligator delivered exactly like he did it in Just, uh, Money Plane. In Money Plane, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's let's get to uh, notable moments from bowl season here. Uh, we did talk about this a little bit earlier, but I did want to mention up Pop Tart Bowl. I think we, we we both talked about this. It's it's a shoe in for the shibbies. But I just want to mention some of these articles here that that talk about the Pop Tart Bowl. This is from Business Insider, businessinsider.com. 
a, a very respectable website that goes into the ins and outs of the marketing business. Um, so they'll talk about uh, what works, what doesn't work, how to market, uh, mostly mid-size and large companies, what, what their marketing is and what trends are like. And they've declared, quote, the future of sports is the Pop-Tarts Bowl, where a live toaster pastry obsessed with its own consumption was toasted on air and devoured by the victors. <laughs> and it gives us a breakdown. Pop-Tart Bowl occurred Thursday between Kansas State and North Carolina State. It culminated in not just a trophy, but in players eating a human-sized Pop-Tart. The spectacle was absurd, but it's a rampant success. It means other bowls may follow suit in odd ways. And then there's also these numbers breakdown. So for Morning Brew... Uh, they did the math here. They they say, according to Apex Marketing Group, the Pop-Tarts campaign generated an estimated $12.1 million worth of media exposure for a company mm-hmm. that makes Pop-Tarts, which reportedly paid just $2 million to sponsor this bowl. Um, they said there's 42 college bowls between December 16th and January 8th, and it's becoming increasingly uh, it, it it's becoming increasingly more competitive and there has to be creative ways to stand out from the pack. Uh, it's the same group, actually. Uh, sponsored the Cheez-It Bowl. So the same marketing team, uh, and they mentioned the name of Kelanova, is the marketing geniuses behind this. So this is why we see so much of the Cheez-It Bowl kind of seem like the Pop-Tart Bowl, which kind of seemed like an also-ran. But just initial thoughts on the Pop-Tart Bowl. Did you get a chance to watch the game? And what were your thoughts on on how the pageantry played out? I didn't see the game, unfortunately. But I mean, the game we already kind of joked about it, it was just yeah no one cared <laughs> it was overshadowed by that edible mascot anyway which and no offense to the, the playoff games which definitely kind of lived up to the hype but pop tarts mascot it's still the highlight of the bowl season for me and probably this college football season as a whole i mean we talked about how, how great it was and uh you know you if there's even articles talking about how this is the future of the sport and I mean, I would worry about it kind of being oversaturated, you know, if they tried to do too many things. And like we mentioned, and I know that we're going to talk about it kind of next, the, the Cheez-It Bowl kind of tried to do something similar, but going in a firmly different direction, saying, oh, I'm not edible or whatever. I think this was so unique because it was kind of one of a kind. It was something that we hadn't seen before. And I hope that this sticks around, but strictly just for this game. I, I This could be the weird one that's kind of on the tertiary that's not the the norm you know it's like we can go to the pop tart bowl for our kind of weird zaniness and, <laughs> and enjoy it yeah i mean the the, the concern here well i, I want to share this one that we tweeted this out before i can tweet it i'll tweet it out again but roger sherman who's uh making his way across the college football landscape all this season goes to different games and uh now he's got quite the hustle like you subscribe to his Patreon and you pay for him to go to games. I, it's, it's some kind of Connor Stallions trick in reverse, I guess, but <laughs> what, I wish I would have thought of that, but uh, <clears throat> he tweeted out. He was at the pop tart bowl. He asked, I asked, I asked if it was offensive to eat a pop tart in front of the pop tart bowl mascot. And then it's handler yelled out. It's their dream. And then the mascot grabbed a Pop-Tart out of my hand and started <laughs> force-feeding it to me while making soft, grunting noises. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. Which is, <laughs> and you, you can see in the picture, the man is being force-fed a Pop-Tart. That's, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> that is great. It's, it's led to so many TikToks. I mean, just it was... It, 
totally vi- totally went viral. And that kind of leads me to my next point. So the Cheezable run by the same marketing group, two days later, Cheezable happens. And this is, I think, to your point, is where it gets weird. Because if every bowl game goes down this path, this, every bowl is going to have like a weird mascot that that like dances or like uh, harasses people or like kind of runs amok, then especially like the cheese bowl, it just fell flat for me. Cause I was like, we just had, this it was really fun. It was kind of out of left field. And this feels like a, a bad replay. And the cheese, I mean, the pop tart mascot is supposed to look crazy. Like mm-hmm. the fact that he is crazy kind of makes sense. Like he, with the googly eyes, like the cheese, it mascot looks like a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Did you? Yeah. What, what were your thoughts on the Cheez-It Bowl mascot and all the stuff that played out there? Yeah, I didn't like it because, like you mentioned, it's a, a mascot that tried to steal a Thunder of the Pop Tarts mascot, but failed miserably. Like, and the game was a miserable failure too. Like, just what a shit game! But um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, the, the Pop Tarts was so great because it was unique and different. And like you said, I mean, okay, same marketing team, so they're trying to go like kind of like in a similar vein, which putting all their eggs in that basket. But I mean, it's like they, and you know, like to your point that a lot more people are going to try to do this thing now. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, a zany mascot that everybody kind of liked. So, and look how viral it went and look how much money they made over a very small investment. What'd you say? 12 million over the course of a $2 million investment. So yeah, it's like, that's going to be the thing. Like everybody's going to want to try to do this now. And so we're going to have this oversaturation of it. So you're never going to kind of, kind of capture that initial magic because it was just so great it's just something that we love the tradition and the pageantry we're always talking about it in college football this was just so different and so out of left field but that also that's what kind of endeared itself to me like had i not been a already like a huge chill and lover of Kellogg's pop tarts. Like this probably would have got me on board just because it was so unique, but already like loving those kind of things. It just made me love them even more. It's just like, yeah, this is the kind of like the, the spirit and they can the kind of thing that I can get behind in a brand. And so it just stinks that it's going to be more people are going to try to capture that and not be able to do it. Well, it's funny. <clears throat> I saw uh, on TikTok, I saw a European NFL fan. So, <clears throat> sorry uh nfl is huge in german in germany like huge like i think in england it's probably it when we talk about foreign countries it's probably england number one uh mexico number two germany number three for some wild reason but i guess there are germans who absolutely love nfl and i get there was this one german fan on tiktok who was talking about you know trying to get into college football who was watching the bowl season for the first time i've tried to reach out to this guy because i'm fascinated by his his opinions he's like he's like you know the nfl is like so everything's so clean and it's all about the game and the way it's presented he goes and like this is like it's so different from game to game there's animals on the field there's mascots like there's in some of these games like there's hardly anyone there but everyone's like out of their mind excited like it is Hmm. the the hardest it's one thing to sell the NFL football. Like it's one thing because you just want you, the pace of the game and then you can sell them the stars and you like, it's, it's, it kind of makes sense that it would slowly translate internationally, but college football is one that's, it's really wild. Cause there's, there is, it is football, but there's so much more that goes along with it that you kind of have to know and you kind of have to understand like 
the Longhorns brought Bevo to, to, to Louisiana. They, and he has four handlers. He's got a bucket mm. with an Oklahoma logo on it. Like he, he, <laughs> this guy was explaining, he's like, this makes no, why would they bring, why would they bring a live animal there? <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, this guy doesn't even know. Like they used to bring like tigers and stuff. Like this. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be a live duck. Like it, it's, it's, it, it, the, the, Bevo is nothing. And, and, and like all this pageantry and bowl season, uh, I, I think no one can ever say that the, the, that the bowl season didn't have its moments. At least this was the one shiny moment in a year marred by controversy. The pop tarts bowl might've saved the, the other bowls that, that don't get to be in the, in the 12, in the, in the 12 playoff, because there's probably gonna be a lot of bowls that die. And I think a lot of bowls that want to live are probably going to go down this path of, of in your face, social media marketing and mascots and kind of having a hook, but like, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Like anything to save the bowl system. If this is what it takes is like, uh, by the way, the cheese at mascots name is God, this is even fucking worse. His name is Ched Z. (laughs) Ched Z. Like get the fuck out of here! Like this is <laughs> this is where we're headed. But in in a way, it's good. In a way, it's bad. But it definitely saved the the season for me. And it, all we did was talk about controversies, sign stealing. There was cheeseburgers at the front. Uh, the cheeseburger scandal. I mean, this whole thing has been marred by uh, uh, teams playing bad out of conference schedules. Uh, all my dark horse picks uh, shitting the bed. Like the, the Pop Tart Bowl really, really restored my faith in college football this year. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. And, I mean, you just mentioned that they try a gimmick, and maybe if they they try, I'm not opposed to a gimmick per se, as long as it's a little bit different. Like if they try to be like, because there's no originality, right? They're gonna just try to go with the zany, weird mascot and probably make it edible or whatever. Like that, that's what they're gonna try to do because that's what had success. Like if they try to say, like, okay, well, we're really just gonna hyper focus on x as our marketing schedule and i don't mean x is in like the, the social media platform <laughs> i just meant like a is the xyz kind of thing if they tried to go that route maybe they could have some success but i kind of think that people are just gonna kind of refer to the last thing that they saw that was successful and so matt just get prepared for a lot of uh sentient edible mascots in the future i think now, what about the criticism that he, I mean, he was an awesome mascot, great pageantry. He did go in the toaster. I mean, holding up the sign and say dreams really do come true. I mean, a perfect chef's kiss there. But uh, <laughs> the fact that he went into the toaster and then came out with the with the pastry. Did you, I, there were some fans, I know Bro Bible was initially right after the game, they were, they called foul on that. I really didn't have a problem with that. I really didn't understand how you'd have a live edible mascot. Like, were they going to eat off of him? eat him like it just sounds sounds yeah. very porno-y but like I, I i did not feel cheated by the by the the edible portion of it like i it, it made sense to me and it kind of went along with the with the theatrics of it i had no problem any any feeling that we were ripped off of our our live edible mascot no i don't think so it, did, it, really cool. it did look kind of gross though i mean <laughs> it looked like <laughs> I know what they were going for. It's this giant pop tart, but they were basically only eating the the front part of it. And still, love the bowl game. Uh, still don't know why we can't get that frosting all the way to the edge. <laughs> keep harping on that forever until it finally happens. So, but uh, we actually had some 
football that actually happened as well. I wanted to just talk about uh, our two teams and the bowls that they were in, and then we'll get into the playoffs here. But let's start with your team, Sun Bowl, number 16, Notre Dame, 40, number 19, Oregon State, only eight. Now, I wasn't shocked by the final. I knew the Beavers were, they lost their coach. They lost their conference mates. They might have lost their chainsaw. That might also be at the at the, at the goodwill too. It was all <laughs> dark days as the season winded down. But the lack of effort uh, to me was shocking. Like this was a team that did not show up to play at all. Or was, this is like the worst. This is like week eighteen of the NFL. Just like a team that's like doesn't care. We're here because we have to be. Uh, at least an NFL player is getting a paycheck to try to put forth some effort. But there was just. None. What what were your initial what were your thoughts on the on the Sun Bowl? See, I didn't get that. I didn't get that they weren't trying. I mean, obviously they like you said, all the things that you said were valid. Like they they lost like the entirety of their coaching staff. And you know, the the coach that they've got coming in, he was there but not coaching. They had another guy doing the interim thing that uh they were down to their third string quarterback. They had lost a bunch of pieces, they didn't have their star running back, and yeah, they were missing a lot of guys, but so was Notre Dame and we still came out playing and I mean, granted, okay, the whole coaching thing, you know, maybe that made a difference, but it definitely seemed like Oregon state was trying and just not doing very good. Like I, I think people it like UVA yeah. Doug are going to say, you know, like they're going to say it's all because of like what Oregon state didn't have, but I mean, give Notre Dame some credit. Like they retained a lot of their players on defense that had been, you know, kind of the bread butter that was a top 10 statistical defense all season long. And they played like it. They gave up, what, two yards rushing the entire game? I mean, mm. that's pretty freaking good. The defense is good. The quarterback looked good. I, I know they're they're bringing in a transfer, right? Like, this guy isn't going to be the guy. Like, he'll probably back yeah, up. Yeah, but- I, I felt great for Steve Angeli, but also kind of bad at the same time. Because like you said, you know, he played well in this game. But even as good as he played, he's definitely not the, the caliber of uh, Riley Leonard. Uh, who's the transfer guy. So the hope is that he kind of probably realizes that he's not going to have a pro career and just kind of sticks it out as a a above average backup instead of going into the transfer portal himself. I mean, but. uh, Well, that was like halfway through that game. I'm thinking like, I'm like, Oh, okay, here we go. Here we have another uh, Western Kentucky kind of situation. Like this guy is just putting on a show and you got to think that there, there has to be other teams that are calling. Uh, that are desperate for quarterbacks. It's got to be a Pac-12. Well, not a Pac-12. There is no more Pac-12, but there's got to be a, a Big 12 team that's out there or, or a MAC team that's like, all right, well, you can come here and start right away. Like that was such an impressive performance by him. It's, it's it'll be a shame to it'll it'll be good if he stays because it'll be a good solid backup. But at the same time, you're like, man, that guy can kind of prove he kind of did it, or is, is or UVA Doug says it was inferior competition. I think it, he really impressed with how he looked his reads uh, it's a shame in my mind that he'll be seen there but this is big time college programs are going to go with these with these portal quarterbacks just how it's going to go i mean it, it's an arms race now it's like mm-hmm. not even we're not even pretending anymore it's just truly an arms race who you can buy who you can get and yeah. a guy like that probably if we we didn't have the nil he might have got a crack at the starting job yeah, absolutely. If the if there was no transfer portal, if Leonard didn't come there, then obviously he probably would have been the guy. Unless you know, barring CJ Carr coming in as a true freshman and just being completely lights out and, and impressing everybody. Which, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if I'm Angeli, I'm probably seeing the writing on the wall. You got Riley Leonard for a year. CJ Carr is probably going to be the guy of the future. There's Kenny Minchie that's also there as well that I guess has potential. 
So he's probably not going to have an opportunity. So it's whether he really thinks that he's going to have a shot at a pro career. And and so he's going to need to play, but you know, most of those big time schools already have their guys. Like where's he going to go aside from, like you said, like a big 12 or like a Mac, it's going to be maybe a step down from the competition that he's playing at to have more of an opportunity to play. But I mean, some guys just, love the school that they're at and kind of maybe knowing that he's not going to have a pro career is going to value, you know, that, uh, that degree more than anything else and stick it out. That's well, the these, guys, anyway. these guys always come back. Like <laughs> didn't both quarterback come pine came back and uh, not to play, but uh, I mean, these guys work their way back. They, they must obviously love the school to, to want to be there to finish it up. I, I think there is probably a weird thing where I think he probably, wants to get some playing time. I think there, there might be some opportunities if, if, if there struggles early on, or if he gets hurt, like we've seen that happen there. That's not the craziest situation where the top quarterback gets hurt and they, they go with the backup, but we were, we were just two years removed from that. So you got to think that he might get some playing time there and maybe he gets some playing time there. in, in, in Yeah. In, well, in sure. and, and Leonard's got a, got a habit of getting hurt. Like he, he was mm-hmm. out for several games this past season. So, you never he's, know. He's not quite a uh, gosh. Can't even remember. I keep what's the guy's name? Uh, the Utah guy. Gosh, how can I forget his name? He's been around. Cam Colorado. Rising. Cam Rising. That's right. I knew it was Cam. Guy's been around for twenty fucking years. He's always <laughs> hurt. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it might it might be possible. He might get some playing time. Yeah, really, really impressive win. Uh, yeah, just Oregon State. Just I wonder if they would have had their coach. Some of these teams, when you have these opt outs, they they really get. If you if you're an Oregon State or if you're even at any Pac-12 school, you have so many opt-outs. You're you're down to your second and thirds. When you're down to your thirds, you you're you're running really really thin. I think well, you're one of these better programs like Notre Dame, uh, the Michigans, the Ohio States of the world. Even your seconds or thirds are, are better than than by a, a wide margin compared to Pac-12 standards. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think that Notre Dame was better prepared with the, the talent that they had still playing on the field. But I mean, they ran that that stat of the amount or the percentage of production that Notre Dame had lost. And, you know, Hartman didn't play. Audric Estimate didn't play. Uh, like most of their receivers, of which they were already kind of thin anyway, a lot of those guys had opted out. So they were down to like their their fourth leading receiver was the guy that was getting the bulk of the Shit, the, the leading receiver for the game, Jordan Faison, didn't even come in until halfway through. He, <laughs> he was a lacrosse player. He was a walk-on. That, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to hear UVA Doug's argument or anything like that because Notre Dame was missing, you know, 90% or better of their passing, 90% or 70s or something percent or better of their rushing attack. Like uh, receiving, I think it was something like 60-some percent, like – they were missing uh, a huge swath of their personnel as well. And they still put up 40 points against uh, Oregon state. So any disappointment, it wasn't more, it, it was a little bit more competitive. I know we're going to get into the, the Fiesta bowl next, but like thinking back to that great bowl matchup with Oklahoma state, the kind of back and forth, any concern about that? Or was it just nice to have a, a bowl no, game? Nice. That's like, <laughs> like it was good. nice to have a, <laughs> a nice easy one because I was kind of concerned that it was going to be a lot closer than, than I had any right to be. So for them to just kind of dominate from start to finish, I was just then pissed 
when they had gone so far that they didn't finish off the shutout. You know, that's yeah. what I really wanted. I mean, that was an incredible heck of a play uh, for that touchdown for Oregon State. So, I mean, I guess you feel good for them that they they got the points, especially the way that they did because it was an impressive play. But it felt bad that it came against, like, the the Notre Dame backup defense. It's like maybe if they stuck the, the, uh, the first stringers out there or <laughs> what was remaining of the first string, maybe they get the shutout too. So, I don't know. But that's just me being greedy. But, yeah, it's uh, looking good for – I actually have some optimism from next season, which is really scary to be honest. So. I, I, that schedule, it, I think that, that schedule is pretty ugly, right? I mean, that that's a pretty rough one. It's always a rough one, but that's, I think next year is particularly brutal. Mm. I think we looked at it, didn't we? Or maybe I'm thinking mm, of a different. No, that, that was, uh, that was this year's. That was this schedule. year's. Oh yeah. The, mm-hmm, the U.S. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We haven't, we haven't taken a look at that. They'll definitely be in the spotlight next year. I'm, I'm kind of optimistic about them too. I think they got a, they got all the talent there. I think they're going to have to they have the right offensive coordinator. I love the fact that the coach is finally kind of coming into his own. He obviously likes to be there and any kind of that early kind of uh, Marshall cattle stuff is kind of washed off now. I think uh, I, they definitely get up for big games. Now there, there was a little concern of that in, in the first part of his tenure, first six games, a lot of questions there, but I think he's answered them and uh, doing great in recruiting too. Like he's really got that program going in the right direction in the right way without all the Brian Kelly weirdness. Yeah, for sure. And to be able to steal a coach from Kelly in uh, Denbrock and actually have a, uh, a real life uh, offensive coordinator is going to be something that we're, we're not used to either. So yeah, lots of reason to, uh, to have some positive feeling. Now let's go to the Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl, number 23, Liberty six, number eight, Oregon 45 started off slow in the first quarter. Ducks only had three points to Liberty six, but then the Ducks reel up 28 unanswered points in the second quarter. And when they came back from the half, it was just a couple of garbage touchdowns to round out a pretty sound beating and to make matters worse. This was listed as a sellout, promoted as a sellout, but there were sections of the stadium completely empty, completely visible on TV. Liberty did not travel well. They did purchase their allotment of tickets. From what I understand, they could not get enough people who wanted to come from Virginia to Arizona. And my question is, Liberty, 65 degrees, world-class cuisine. There's a heated swimming pool every 10 feet. You're telling me these losers from Virginia couldn't come <laughs> out to the Fiesta Bowl. The Fiesta Bowl is the one bowl game. If you're if you're an underdog, this is this might be where the magic obviously didn't happen this time, but like if you're an underdog and you can be in a bowl game, this is the one you want to be in. Like uh, you, uh, you want to relive your own your own Boise State dream. And for them to just show up, get destroyed so embarrassingly like this this goes back to my point people sometimes we always during the college football season are like oh why are you hating on utsa or why do you hate on uh, these you know a max score these 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 because of this because it's just terrible because they don't belong there like i i don't want us to have junior nfl but if, if this is what we're going to have in the 12 team playoffs if we're going to have bullshit like liberty gets a spot in the playoffs just because they're undefeated. I, I can't sit with that. They're like they're, there's other teams that are going to be left out of the playoffs. It's going to be criminal that we have garbage teams like this that come in there. There's got to be a distinction here between who wins their conference definitely has to get into the 12 team playoff. And there's got to be like, I don't want to say we have to count the Mac and the, the conference USA out, but like we have to take strength of schedule into account. Right. Or am I just picking on the little guy? Yeah, well, 
I don't know what the hell happened because I gotta say I was a little concerned after that opening Liberty drop because <laughs> they looked really good and they marched all the way down the field and then the guy threw a dime for a touchdown and I was like, holy shit, like, are they actually going to be in this game? And then, yeah, it's <laughs> like you said, once the second quarter hit, it was like it was a laugher at that point. And it was completely over with uh, by halftime, but I, I don't know how they started off so strong and then how the wheels fell completely off. Like the, the Ducks just settled in, woke up. Uh, it, it was really good to see Nick's uh, setting that uh, FPS completion percentage record. I mean, that was really cool. Oregon rolling. I mean, that was uh, another one that was just like, all right, a couple of uh, just laughers for our, our teams was pretty nice to see. But um uh, it was. It reminded me of one of my favorite. My actually, my favorite boxing movie is uh, The Great White Hype. I, I, it's one of my absolute favorites. And the, uh, there's there's a point where, uh, uh, like, the guy's like, "Are you trying to embarrass me on TV?" <laughs> he's, he's in the boxing match. Uh, like, it, this is all just a setup. They, they're selling a white versus black guy kind of matchup, and they even make the white guy an Irishman just to kind of help sell the the box. Because boxing's always been a three ring circuit. People are always like the depth of dignity in boxing and it's like <laughs> used to fight animals like the boxing the whole point of boxing is that it's it's like a spectacle and it's terrible and it's it's unfair so of course it's 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 a it's this is what it's always been it's never been respectable it's always been a freak <laughs> show come on it's two men beating each other with their fists this is it's greatly american but it's always had that element of pt barnum in there but he the white guy hits wayne's and uh, he's like, you trying to embarrass me on TV, white boy? And then he beats the hell out of him. That's what, that's what Oregon was. They just got that, that opening drive, got smacked in the mouth. And it was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, wait, okay. Yeah, we can't have any of that. <laughs> Hold on. I guess we are actually going to have to play a football <laughs> game here. And then just me, I, Dan Lanning uh, gets a Fiesta Bowl to his credit. This is a, a, a New Year's Six Bowl. Nice little feather in the cap. Gosh, I'm sounding like the, the greatest Dan Lanning hater of all time, but I don't know if I really count this as a, as a New Year's Eve six win. Well, okay. Like, I, I know that you're stuck in the crawl because you're still mad about the Georgia game from last season. <laughs> last year's and, game. and you, you know, you still think of him as this like uh, glorified clipboard holder. I mean, okay, so they, they've lost two games this year, both to hated, bitter rival Washington. There's at least a possibility that Washington, because they're playing for the national title game, there's a possibility that the team that you lost to twice ends up being the national champion. And that's, yeah, yeah I that, guess that's... you, you got to take some kind of comfort and solace in that. It's not like, you know, they they absolutely got destroyed because they had Washington on the ropes both of those times. And it's, yeah, it's unfortunate that they couldn't finish either one of them off, but there's a very real possibility that Washington goes undefeated with a national championship. And yeah. I, I guess that kind of increases the the value of this one. I, I guess if, if your only losses are to Washington twice and really one of those, the second one, it felt like that got away from that first one. They should have had, he literally pissed that one away. Uh, still has not beat Washington. He has not beaten the Huskies. And the only win he has over his rivals is is a team that would basically quit. So, I mean, 
I don't know. I'm, I, obviously, we're not going to get rid of him. Uh, we like, I, like I, if I had to say, Chip Kelly would be on a flight to Eugene tomorrow. But uh, uh, I just, I don't know. It, it, part of me is upset. I wanted a better matchup. Uh, like maybe I wonder how they would have fared against. I think they would have did the same thing to Florida State. I think it would have been a little bit closer. I would have liked to see them play Georgia. I would have liked to see him kind of avenge that loss and get a win over an sec. Cause a win over Liberty is just like, it's, it's not mm, gross, it, but it's kind of, it's kind of lame. It feels like punching down. I, I get yeah. it. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I, I don't know that they wanted that smoke from Georgia. I mean, we saw what they did to Florida <laughs> state and, and I don't know that that was just Florida state kind of giving up or having all their opt odds because they didn't make the playoff. I think that Georgia because they were salty about not making the playoff themselves. They were going to do that to anybody that they played. And, you know, it was 63 to three. I think it absolutely could have been more. <laughs> they, they definitely, you know, didn't run it up. Like they, they were kind of going through the motions, you know, there towards the end. That could have been a lot worse than it was. And I think that, that had that been Oregon. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like it. I guess to your point, it would have been a better barometer of about where that program is. Like really, could they, could they really have been in contention? You know, were they really that close to to being a national championship contender like Washington? You know, the, playing Georgia, that outcome would have to- told you more than certainly than this game against Liberty. But or even Penn that, State, like even a, a respectable Big Ten school, like that's kind of. I know this one was on TV. Didn't win the ratings war at all. I mean that this was basically a game that wasn't attended. Wasn't very watched uh, amongst casual fans, but I guess it's still a Fiesta Bowl. It's still a New Year's Six Bowl, I guess. This is like, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. This feels like, I don't know. It just, it it feels like Chappelle picking on trans people. Like, come on. Okay, we get it, dude. Like, we get it. (laughs) We've been there. We've already played Stony Brook once. Like, we've already beat a team like this. Just, can we move on? Just it, it, it bummed me out. I would have really liked to see a Penn State. I would have wanted Georgia. I, I I would have liked to see where where we're at. I, I don't like all the the fact that they basically had almost no opt outs. How that's that's possible is unbelievable. And that Florida State game is a uh, it's it's a real it's a real shame because there was such a everything was against them and they were kind of not kind of set up to fail in 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 even the the way a lot of the uh, announcers kind of approach this and a lot of the talking heads was like, there was this disingenuous. I think I mentioned this last week on the show is like, well, you know, Florida state wins, they'd be undefeated. Then, you know, like they should get a share of the national, like knowing they weren't going to, they were just so depleted. And I they, I know they have to play that game. There's money, there's TV contracts. Like it's just not realistic to not play that game. So you got to play it, but you know, you're going to get your ass kicked. And Georgia is just pissed off. Anyway, they, could have put they could have made that matchup with Florida State and Liberty and in but then they would have been in then the winner would have been undefeated then they would have been devaluing the their the college football playoff they purposely set this up so that there would be no other undefeated team and they knew that made it that makes more sense to have uh Liberty uh, playing Florida State in in the Peach Bowl it just made more sense it just it, oh. I mean, there was a possibility that Liberty would have won that game and would have finished undefeated. And but so you 
kind of comment before about like strength of schedule has to matter. Well, it did like they get a new year six bowl, but they're playing an Oregon team that had lost two games. Mm-hmm. So it's like they, they, they kind of slotted that in right. Like they're rewarding Liberty for going undefeated, but they're also saying, well, you're not in the 14 playoff, even though you're undefeated because you didn't play a caliber of schedule like these other teams played. Like, you know, Alabama has a loss, but they played an SEC slate. Like that's certainly better than Liberty going undefeated. So, I mean, I think they, they got it right because you, you have to, like, you would like to see more kind of parity and better scheduling throughout the year. And that's why I was saying, like, everybody should just play an independent schedule and get rid of all these conference ties because who cares about you beating the shit out of fucking Rutgers, like, every season? Who cares? That's so stupid. Like, that doesn't, that's, doesn't really tell you how good of a team you are. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you got Bowling Green. FIU, Sam Houston. I mean, just none of these are Jacksonville State, I guess. I mean, just, yeah, I was kind of bummed out about that. But let's let's move on to the playoffs here. Let's get to the first one, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. The one that Stephen A. Smith wants moved to SoFi Stadium. Alabama 20, Michigan 27 in overtime. The numbers here are mind-boggling. The game had at 27.2 million viewers and peaked at 32.8 million viewers. It was the most watched college football game of the year and the best non-NFL sporting event since 2018 and officially in the top 10 of the most watched cable telecasts of all time the granddaddy of them all delivered uh, not only on the field uh, but also on the tv screen give me your initial thoughts on this one uh rose bowl great setting perfect time actually would have liked this one to be would have liked this one to be the later game but actually i would have liked if we would have a texas washington in the rose bowl i would have made maybe because it's the uh that last vestige of the Pac-12 being in the Rose Bowl now that ne- this is never going to happen again because Pac-12 is dead. But hmm. for this game, give me your initial thoughts on this one and, and what you thought about the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to sound like a really bad uh, host of the college co-host of the college football show. But uh, yeah, I didn't see the entirety of either of these games. I caught like the majority of the fourth quarter and all of the overtime in this one. Um, but that's where all the action happened anyway yeah, like, what, albeit mm-hmm. not the outcome that i was hoping for but i mean i i didn't want to have to rely on the ncaa stepping in to strip the title from them i really wanted them to not make it in the first place and um, well we both had alabama in this one like what did we both get wrong about michigan did did we under did we undervalue that running game did we did we kind of undersell them because of their their crappy big 10 schedule that they played like what what did we miss about michigan that was was so clearly on display against Alabama. I think that they still had some, well, either there was really predictable play calling and like uh, with a Tommy Reese, you know, kind of ostensibly at the helm, that's not out of the realm of possibility, but it, it just like shitty play calls and just uh, non-performance and uh, like the, the center uh, with a lot of bad snaps. I mean, I think there was a lot of mistakes, a lot of plays that were kind of left on the field for Bama and, Michigan, I guess, I, I hate to say it, but to their credit, I mean, they got it done where it counted. They came back from a deficit to tie it up. And then over time, you know, Blake Horm, it only took them two plays to get in the end zone. And, and then their defense kind of did the rest. And, uh, I mean, we knew that they had a, a really good defense, regardless of who they played. Mm. Their offense, I'm still not impressed by their offense. Like, all the, they, they are a running first football team and they got the offensive line and they certainly got an incredible uh, running back to do it. And they're, they've been able to go undefeated. So obviously they're doing something right, but 
I was just waiting for somebody, anybody to just stack a fucking box, man. Make McCarthy throw the ball to beat you because you know that they can't do it. So I, it's just that kind of, that's really disappointing. Now, what do you, Bama fans on the message boards said Michigan knew exactly what was going to be run, that they, they had stolen the sign for this final play call. I, I, I love a tinfoil hat. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'd have to see, I'd have to hear a really good argument, but it just seemed like bad play calling. Any, any thought that. Well, that, I mean, I kind of I <laughs> joked, I was like alluding to that, that I mean, it was, the play calling was predictable and all you had to do was really kind of go back to any of the previous seasons with Tommy Reese when he was the offensive coordinator for, for Notre Dame. That's what he does. He likes running up the gut, even in the stack boxes, just like it's this, uh, this ego kind of thing where he's just like, okay, I'm going to try to prove that I'm smarter than you or that you're not going to see this coming. It's like, you can see the defense on the field. They know what's Mm -hmm. coming. And he, and he's still just like, well, no, I'm smarter than you. And we're, we're going to get it done regardless. And it's just like, so there, there was a bad snap involved. Milro did trip over his, you know, offensive lineman there. So there was a couple things that happened, but that play was probably getting blown up even if either of those two things didn't happen because it was a shitty play call. And was it because Michigan knew what was coming because of the cheating thing? I wouldn't rule it past him. Like I'm not going to come out and expressly say that. Yes, they 1000% knew because of like the sign ceiling scandal and the counter stallions thing. Oh, even though he was there. Yeah, he was there. I mean, that that's, that was going to be my next question is like counter stallions is there decked out in Michigan gear, like is it's one thing to gosh, it's it's one thing to just cheat. Uh the other, you know, destroy evidence, like basically call the whole thing in in integrity into question. And then for that guy to be there, like you think like somebody involved in that program, if he really is a fan of that program, like didn't Steve Bartman stayed away for a while, didn't yeah, he? Like absolutely. Even he didn't he like even he knew like, okay, look. Um, he's always going to love the Cubs, but maybe don't go there for a while. Maybe just take some time off. Buckner, yeah. maybe just just disassociate with it for a little while. Just give it a – the fact that he is there uh, and, and everyone on Twitter is talking about he's there, everyone on Reddit College Football is talking about it there, and the TV cameras won't put the camera on him and they won't talk about it. It's It's – it's the it's it's modern media in its grossest form. The, the fact that he's there it speaks volumes about that program and that team and that fandom and about the TV contracts and the money that go into play. Because if we were to take that camera and pan to Connor Stallions during that game, especially in overtime, and he's there, you know, waving his little fist, getting all excited, we'd have to talk about the uncomfortableness of of the fact that. Uh, Basically, Harbaugh was was suspended for six games. That there's still a mountain of evidence that's going on there. And what you said, it, this could be there could be an asterisk on this national championship. This could all be for naught. Well, I, and again, I was hoping that Alabama would just because I honestly I thought it was going to be decisive. You know, I, I thought that Alabama had kind of like come into their own. That Milrow was a completely different quarterback now from what he was when he started. I thought even, you know, Reese, you know, I was going to try to give him some credit that he had grown, even if it is, you know, Saban ultimately calling the plays. I thought that they were just a better team. And I thought that Michigan, you know, wasn't going to be able to handle uh, that SEC 
talent and they did but uh i i didn't want it to get to that point but i mean there is always going to be that shadow of a doubt like did they earn this or was this all kind of still part of that scandal and they knew what well if they did know because Alabama's still running plays. Run, yeah, that's true. It's good. Then, then shame on Bama, but. Uh. You just imagine they're like, nah, we, we, I, I could see, I, I could definitely see Saban. There was that uncomfortable point in the press conference where they were both in the same presser and they asked Saban about the, the science stealing scandal and he kind of tried his best to sidestep it, but you could tell he was obviously, he wasn't really a fan of it. it, it Saban's not the kind of guy who's going to like rip into another coach. I think he believes in the fraternity of coaching too much to, to throw. He's like a, he, you know, like when there's dirty cops, there's the one they're like, no, no, he's good. But you know, like, but he'll never say anything about the bad cop. Cause so, you know, he's <laughs> like what that makes him is, is a, a, a co-conspirator, but they're part of a gang that runs everything. So we don't, we don't get to say that, but he's like a, he's like the good cop who's part of the dirty cop fraternity. So he would never drag him through the mud because it's just, I, don't, I wouldn't even say it's class. Like he believes in protecting his own, but you got to think there was some part of Saban that, that if he called that play and they're so on top of it, there's got to, that idea has to run through your mind if you're Saban or if you're an Alabama fan. I mean, I know it's a little tinfoily, but they did scout Alabama. They they scouted the better SEC teams. They scouted Georgia. They scouted Alabama. It's it's kind of gross that if it comes down to this one play, which they were already on top of, it raises all these questions. Which again, ESPN won't talk about. Which is even yeah. makes it even well, more weird. I, and I don't want to give any credit to Michigan whatsoever. I mean, I, I would like to believe that yeah, they're dirty cheaters, scum, and you know they deserve to have you know well they shouldn't have one anyway but even if they do win it all they deserve to have it stripped from them but it, just playing devil's advocate milrow tends to improvise and run a lot of quarterback draws they tend to run a quarterback draw out of certain you know formations so were they in a formation that they maybe not even from like any cheating panel maybe they had seen that formation kind of earlier in the game or they ran a quarterback draw like they didn't have to be rocket scientists to kind of sniff it out like this but that's again kind of talked about it before that's what is just so disheartening is alabama had a timeout didn't like the the look or or and then michigan you know kind of took a timeout as well so you've got you had time (laughs) this is your third iteration and you still that's the play call that you run like you honestly thought that that was the best like why don't you fake the quarterback draw, you know, to kind of get all the defense coming in and then it leaves someone open out of the backfield. Uh, I, I don't know. Just, it feels like they could have, and granted, you know, the speed of the game, a, a lot of it happened all, you know, bang, bang really quickly. So it's easy to, to kind of in hindsight say, Oh yeah, they should have faked the draw to kind of lure them in. And then it would leave somebody open. Like, yeah, I, I get when you got, defensive lineman bearing down on you that it's and, and you've also had to kind of corral a bad snap it's not as easy as all that to to have the the foresight to be like okay we're gonna you know kind of just run this play but i don't know it's just 
Well, and you know, it's it, with the center, uh, he's officially in the transfer portal. And if you, if you believe message boards, like I believe message boards, um, this, this came, the NIL money immediately came off the table after the game. So the, the, the booster who was providing the NIL money for that center, that money was, was taken off the table for, for the following year. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that's just a granted, I, I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't like a death threat kind of scenario. I mean, <laughs> Seriously, they they take their football seriously. So, I mean, this wasn't just a thing like, okay, well, we're going to take any kind of like booster money away from you. I'm surprised that he wasn't like kind of forced into the portal because they like made threats on his family. Seriously. Like, I I mean, I I wouldn't put it past him. Well, you know, know, the the portal is always kind of thought as like, oh, a guy is going to go out and shop for money. Like what's not what's another interesting thing about the sport that's not being talked about the NIL is the backdoor portal where basically guys are being told like we saw this with Colorado with most of the guys on Colorado was like guess what you're not going to have a spot on this team so you're definitely not going to get money here so I don't know if you want if you want to enter the portal but you're not going to be playing here so it's basically what we have is we have a uh, NFL UFA kind of situation undrafted free agent hey you're here off the street, you can play. And the moment you become a liability, it's like, you know what? Pack your shit, Skippy. <laughs> <Exactly>. here. <laughs> Friends, I know it's I know it's college and you're having a good time. And I know that you're, you're supposed to be learning things, but yeah, what do you, we, do, we, we don't play school here. You, you pack your shit, Skippy. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Like, exactly. We're bringing in another guy. You can go to Indiana now. Enjoy it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let me move on to the other one. Sugar Bowl, uh, number three, Texas 31. Number two, Washington, 37. So Washington gets this. Rose Bowl garnered all the primetime eyes. It, I had to admit, like the, the Sugar Bowl, I recorded this one and watched the next day. It was just, it was too late of a start time. I watched yeah. the first half and I was like, it, this game ended past midnight on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. It was just horrible the way this was scheduled. And it was just like, I'm like, man, I'm it's hungover. Do, do I really need to stay up and watch Washington and Texas? <laughs> I'm like, I, but I got to tell you, I mean, as we got there to the end it, in, in Penix, I know we're going to do the preview of the, na- the national title game. It just, it felt like Penix was going to have that magic again. He's done this single handedly uh, before he did this against Oregon twice, where he basically just willed the team to win. Uh, and when I watched it the next day, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, the only reason why I'm kind of partial to, to, to the Huskies. And I, I got a few emails that night. Uh, so I went to bed and in the morning I get all these emails like, thank God, we don't have to get rid of it. We don't, you're going to keep it. You're going to keep it. Texas is back, folks. Not this time. You're wrong. We're back. No, we got you. When Texas wins tonight. No way. Against the mighty Pac-12. No way. Texas is back. This one was invented by a writer. So I I, I guess I'm a Husky sympathizer now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess also with the soundbite, to be fair, like we wouldn't have to get rid of it. Even if they made it to the national championship game, we're oh, still going to win it. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about getting rid of it. it. Well, because we couldn't very well say that they weren't back if they actually won a natty. Just getting there to play Michigan didn't mean that we'd have to get rid of the soundbite. But now we definitely don't have to. Yeah, we're we're totally safe. What what impressed? I mean, me it was Penix, and I know we're going to get into it when we do the preview. But Penix and that offense is just the fact that. If we look at the draft, and this draft boards can change so much from now until April, but when we look at those draft boards right now, he's projecting as a third or fourth round pick. I just don't crazy to me. I just don't see how you. you, No one who grades these things 
like it's like they don't watch the games. If you watch it, exactly. the guy's clutch. A, a thousand percent. Like how okay, Caleb Williams, as much as I can't stand the guy, you can't not say that he's not an electric player, but how do you say that Caleb Williams is a first round, potentially first pick guy, and Michael Penix is a third or fourth <laughs> round guy? That like Penix has the arm, he has all the intangibles, and he's not a pompous shitbag like Caleb Williams. Like that, Penix is m- much more of a guy that w- I would want to build my NFL franchise around than Caleb Williams for sure. Like, is Penix is light on his feet? Can he do all that kind of stuff? No, but like the guy can throw. I mean, he's no Milton with an orange, but <laughs> I mean that guy can that guy can fit a pass into any slot like and with nfl talent receivers i mean he's shit he's got those on the huskies already but th- that guy's going to be incredible at the next level and i i can't believe that his comp would be like you know third or fourth round that's insane to me can, can i give you a Stephen a hot take here <laughs> please do if Penix was a white guy he would be a first round pick great size great arm that's all they'd focus on he's a great teammate when when the when the game is rough when when they when they were falling down to oregon both times he wasn't on the sideline pouting he wasn't there yelling at his receivers or having a pity party this is a guy who was pumping guys up if Penix was a white guy he would be a first round pick he would yeah, definitely is, go within the first day. It, it, I totally believe that in my heart of hearts. I'm not just saying that just, it is very hot takey, but I totally believe that. And I, I, I think that when he grades out or the way he's being graded out right now, every black quarterback has got to be a, a Lamar Jackson type. Anyone who's not kind of gets, they don't know what to do with them. It's, it's very much like a, a, a white NBA basketball player who's, who's not a forward. If they're a guard, it's very, very hard to be like, well, what's the comp for this guy? Because we don't have a lot of guys like this. It's, right. Am I wrong? Am I to- <laughs> No, I don't think you are. I mean, I just think that that's sad. Here we are in 2024, and that's the reality of a thing. A sport that's predominantly black, you know, just with a lot more black quarterbacks, just because this guy's a prototypical kind of like pocket passer, first and foremost, he kind of gets like shit on in favor of the guy that just would rather take off and run at the first sight of uh, any kind of adversity. That's, that sucks, man. That That's just sh- so shitty because I think aside from him being a Washington Husky, this is a likable fucking guy. Yeah. Like I, he is a, just a good high character kid. who's a great player and I think would be uh, a, the perfect uh, build of a, a franchise. You know wherever he's going to go. It, it's it's it, the the, and you you wonder about this because this could drastically change in a before April because you're he's going to go to the combine. He's going to impress. I think if he goes to the combine, puts up great forty yards. If he throws, he does everything. I think it's it can only benefit him. But like how you don't how Anthony Richardson would would go in last year's first round and and how Penix grades out as a, is a third round or fourth round pick is just, it's beyond me. I I'm really hoping that this, this national title game is, is going to be kind of a a preview for him. Cause you're right. When we look back at the stats and we look back at the games that he's done, he probably should have won the Heisman. Like Gene Daniels got the pub. 
had the stats and there really are crazy stats, but I mean, you look at who willed their team to win, who was the absolute best quarterback this year. It was Penix by a ton, by a ton. He outclassed everyone he faced. He outclassed Knicks. He outclassed Caleb Williams. There, there isn't anyone he's played uh, with the quarterback on the other side that he hasn't been better than, and which is, which I think is going to be the, which is going to be the the real kind of determining factor in the national championship game. Let's let's move into that. Um, so University of Michigan, number one, 14 and 0, number two, University of Washington, 14 and 0, undefeated Monday, January 8th, 5 30 p.m. ESPN at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. Now, the last time these teams met, Michigan won 31 to 10 back on September 11th, 2021. Uh Whoever wins this will be claiming their first national championship in nearly 30 years. So a drought is going to be long over for one of these teams. Now, the first thing that comes off the top of my mind when I think about this game, and I, I want to, I'm going to give you my idea, and then I'm going to throw it to you here. But like this, everything here benefits Washington. Like from the outset, you're in a dome. Uh, it's it's going to be fast turf. Uh, if this was in, if this was. In the elements outside, I feel like, it, and there was any type of weather, I think Michigan would have an advantage. This all plays to Washington's strength. Not getting talked about enough here. What's what's the the key kind of storyline or, or or key takeaway from this game when you initially look at it from thirty thousand feet? I think it's being the underdogs again. Like everyone keeps mm. counting out the Huskies all season long. Everyone is counting out the Huskies. And it, just like I was saying, going into the matchup with Texas, they were counted out there too. They ended up winning. They've done it all season long as underdogs. And honestly, I kind of think that they rely on that. They're using it as motivation to this point. And had they been favored here, like maybe it, it would have ruined everything, but they're underdogs here once again. And so I think that they got the Skunk Bears right where they want them. Yeah, this this idea of, of them constantly being the underdog is 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 wild. But they're they're underdogs in the in the eyes of Vegas. The line opened at four and a half uh, for Michigan, uh, over under fifty five. Money line is 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 negative uh, two hundred for the Wolverines. I mean, this is Vegas feels like it's going to be the Wolverines. The line hasn't moved that much. It did kind of spike there for a few days, but it, it settled back in. But what's interesting here is. Uh, Initial reports, uh, I keep up on a couple of these uh, gambling message boards where they talk about where the money's at. Initially, early in the week, they're like, oh, there's so much money on both sides. But there is one person who's actually on a message board, been pretty reliable. I don't want to give out their name because I don't want them to get harassed, even though I, I doubt they would be because it just might be some dude in his basement. But there's one gentleman who's been pretty reliable all year long, uh, Works allegedly works for MGM. He says that 70% of all bets have been on the Huskies and the underdog situation. That smart money has been going on. The smart money, the handicappers have been going on. Michigan buying a, buying that line down to two, two and a half, buying two points. Um, sometimes there's some places, there are some handicappers who are going Michigan 10 wow. to kind of round it out. Like they're, they're handicappers think this is going to be Michigan and really, really heavy money handicappers think this is going to be Michigan by a lot. Meanwhile, casual fans are pouring in 70% of all bets are for the Huskies from casual fans. Any, when you look at that, when, when is this more because people like the Huskies and the underdog story, and that's just like an American thing, or is this more because we all hate Michigan? Like, Or is it maybe a little bit, a little from column A, a little from column B? Yeah, probably column A, column B, but I, I would prefer that it be more that everybody is like a rooting against Michigan because they are just, they are the bad guys here. Like he, 
I mean, I, I've always hated them, but I think America as a whole, like, especially Harbaugh saying, oh, they're America's team. Like, I think that people that hate cheaters are like Michigan should be universally despised. Like, I remember when there was a lot of people that really liked Tom Brady and liked the Patriots. And then mm-hmm. the whole deflate gate kind of thing came out and like they lost a lot of players or they lost a lot of support and a lot of um fans because like people don't like cheaters and so the fact that they're even in this game they're they're the obvious villains i think and again man maybe it's just because i'm you know biased against them and i'm kind of inclined to be biased against them from from birth but i've always hated them but i i kind of think that everybody is side from like i don't know that any casual person is just like oh yeah michigan they're upstanding citizens that are mm-hmm. you know great at the, the game of football <laughs> like no they're they're fucking cheaters and i think that they should all like be universally hated and rooted against here they definitely have this kind of weird uh like a real anti-hero vibe like they are definitely walter white spiraling out completely out of control and there's there's something america loves about like uh your your stone cold steve austin your 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 walter white but what you really love what 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 really seals it is like when that person gets what's coming to them that's like the ultimate justice and then and then then we like the rebirth so we would like michigan loses harbaugh gets embarrassed uh like he gets his comeuppance but then he comes back to the nfl and he rehabs his image and like it this is this is the american this is our cycle of 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 kill, rise, forgive, repeat. Like this is this is where we're at in the Jim Harbaugh story. I feel like like I I, I know I'm going to get to it later, but like I I feel like there's that's what people want. I just don't know if it's going to happen here. I mean, I really I'm I'm really interested to know. I I, I kind of have an idea of who you're going to pick, but I'm more interested to know the reason why. But let's let's get into uh, Michigan and then Washington. So, Michigan, after failure in the playoffs against TCU, the Wolverines have returned to the playoffs, took care of business against Bama, solidified their place in the national title game. Like we've said, this has not been a year without controversy. Two separate suspensions for uh, for uh, Harbaugh for recruiting violations and for sign stealing. Didn't slow down the, ju- the Wolverine juggernaut. I just want to point out here, when we first started the show, when we first did this, the first season we were together, that that half season, remember remember how quaint it was when the, the conversation around Jim Harbaugh was, why can't he beat Ohio State? Are they ever <laughs> going to be able to get past Ohio State? Are they, he just can't win the big one. I don't, like, it's so crazy how the conversation is flipped. I saw, um, I read on 11 Warriors today, uh, the headline was the uh, Ohio State uh, fan website and the headline was we are not okay and it's basically just a screed against uh, about where ohio state is uh they famously had a player who go on a, went on a podcast an offensive lineman who talked about how they don't like to pay their offensive linemen and that miami was able to steal some players and there's all kinds of this the whole script has been flipped and unfortunately I mean, it would be great if it was like they finally moved past it. They're the Bulls finally taking down the Pistons. But what we've come to learn this year is like they've moved past them because <laughs> that's fully cheated, which isn't even like it's not even a an if. This isn't like a, one of those, uh, you know, like we need to go to court. We need to like we all know they cheated. Like there's so yeah. much evidence that that they couldn't destroy. That's obvious that they cheated. And they finally kind of overcome that hill. 
And it's kind of hard to, to like celebrate this Harbaugh success or this Harbaugh comeback story when it's all kind of based on a lie. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about Ohio State? Like, is, are they, like, there's even talk of Ryan Day needs to be, maybe they need to rein in control of his staff. I mean, this is a guy who, Harbaugh was a guy who famously they took control away from him. Remember, they reduced his contract. They reduced who he could hire. He was eventually able to kind of get that turned over. I think this is why uh, he's willing to put the screws to that administration. I think this is why the he was wronged by them. And, and he's brought them to this place that it's, they've been away from for 30 years. And there's got to be a part of him that I know he's a Michigan man. I know he went there and I know he loves Ann Arbor, but just knowing that who he is, like we've seen him in the spotlight basically his entire life. He's mm-hmm. basically turning the screws to Michigan to show him more love. Like he will always, he wants to, he wants to flirt with the NFL regardless of anything. He just seems like a, a man on a complete power trip, right? For sure. He always has been like, and look at what was talked about that they were wanting to run him out of town. Like, You'd mentioned when we first started the show, it's like he couldn't beat Ohio State. All of a sudden, Stanley comes on, they start cheating, and now all of a sudden, now they can't lose. And now, to your point, he's kind of like the big man on campus that is demanding all this thing. Like, look at all this NFL heat I got on me. Are you guys going to give me at, you know back the power that you had taken before, or <laughs> am I actually going to you know kind of make the make the deal now? Like he absolutely loves the attention and the power trip and well the contract talk is crazy because it's it's that it, it's the exact deal it's it's a better deal than than brian kelly gets it's more money it's it would be the best deal for any college football coach ever um the one caveat is is it's not even he can't talk to nfl teams it's just he can't talk to nfl teams this year like that's how but and that's that's the blocker for this contract that he he get, he would get everything he wants, but like, hey, could you just not talk to the NFL this year? And that's the stumbling block. Like that is th- this is where I get my Walter White comp. <laughs> like he won, he could leave, he could stop, he could stop, he could. He, but this is about these people have wronged him, and it's it's time to put the screws to them. It's time yeah. like they have to show the love. But they really got to show the love because they because there was that one time they didn't show the love. They were a little bit they lost the faith a little bit. So now every single action, not only in that administration but in that fan base, has to be about how wonderful Jim Harbaugh is and how unique he is and how we just turn a blind eye to everything weird that goes on in that program with with the not just the cheating with the money and the recruiting violations and the same thing that basically mm-hmm. ran Herm Edwards out the door. They have to like double down on their love for him and show him that they support. Like he could probably, gosh, people. I think people get upset with me because I'm always making this comparison, but it, it, I think it's the most comparable one. I mean, you've given a man complete control. He's abused it for his own ego. Who does that sound like, Eric? <laughs> Well, I mean, lots of people, but <laughs> I mean, who is the most American example of that? I, I mean, I suppose Jim Harbaugh was is qualified for this position. I guess that's the the one difference here. I mean, we they didn't just make him Michigan coach because he was such an asshole. But at the same time, I mean, this is the guy who's not driven by this not driven by winning or or winning is he's driven by winning, but it's winning for his own ego. This is there. There's Michigan the school and then there's michigan the idea and that 
ideas wrapped up into Jim Harbaugh right now. And that he wins the title. Perfectly phrased. That I could not come up with a, a better statement than the one that you just made right there. That <laughs> it is what I was like the whole time you're talking, I'm thinking about like how do I put it into words? And you just you stole it right out of my brain. <laughs> that that is one thousand percent correct. It is all about the ego. Like how pompous of him to think that even regardless of like even before the cheating scandal came out, like he was suspended for games because of the recruiting violation. Like this is a guy that has just controversy following him all over. And how pompous to think that he is like above recourse, that he is just gonna skate by that he can demand that much money from this university that he can demand to be able to talk to nfl like teams to think that he's got that much heat on him that he can get an nfl uh, position to kind of escape any kind of like reproach from the ncaa like the the man who for all this talk about like being a christian and being christ-like he's the like the most anti-ethical person in the world like well yeah it it just boggles the mind it's it's incredible it's one thing if if he was a scoundrel like deon sanders and he was like hey not only not only am i a scoundrel but i'm not even gonna lie to you like i'm i'm totally a scoundrel like i deal with it like if there was that deon part of it i think brian kelly has a little bit of that too like yeah this is kind of who i am so you know deal with it fuck off like harbaugh has this like classic kind of rap it and jesus it, it, it becomes even more distasteful because at least Deion sanders we all know what he's about like we we get it but like it, it, Deion sanders sometimes does this too like when you start bringing up the christ thing and you start talking about like your way and this and that like okay you're, you're gonna be a villain okay you, you don't gotta be a pompous villain <laughs> oh yeah oh, to your point is like very much like you mentioned the guy earlier, Joel Olstein, like the, the the guy that like you know at face value is just like you know the the prototypical Christian, but you know buried in his uh, in behind the tile in his bathroom is just these huge stacks of cash that he's you know <laughs> embezzling and and keeping and, and you know getting tax free. That's what Harbaugh is like. He's yeah. this guy that claims to be you know this this righteous you know upstanding citizen who is just this pompous douche piece of shit cheating scumbag let let me get to washington here so washington kind of a different story huskies relied everything goes through Penix. they've relied heavily on their high-powered pac-12 style offense led by the absolute best quarterback in the country michael Penix. a transfer from indiana who's electrified college football over the past two years single-handedly defeated his rival one weakness here, I think, in, in with the with the Huskies when we look at this team, not so much controversy. There's the lovableness of the underdog story to be here, but there there's the questionable defense that's kind of followed this team around all year long, uh, and it's been the offense that's kind of saved them. When I know we're going to get to the keys to the game, but if Washington wins this title, this has to be on the strength of Penix, right? If Penix has a slow game or is off, this just is not going to work. They cannot work unless he plays lights out. For sure. Yeah. The the games that they struggled in were games that Penix struggled in. So it's like they're, uh, I think, and you mentioned it already, like their glaring weakness is their defensive secondary. 
And, and yet it's a secondary that made the play to seal the victory against Texas. And now they're going up against a team that's like basically allergic to throwing the ball. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, Texas got 180 yards on the ground, but I mean, I think that you were Quinn Ewers is much more of a threat in the passing game. Uh, so like Washington couldn't really just sell out to stop the run. Like they can against uh quorum and company. Like you stack that box and just, you know, limit what, uh, you know, make, make sure you contain, don't let quorum get outside and turn on the jets. Like make McCarthy beat you in the passing game. I don't think it can be done. And we have seen like as, uh, as much of a liability as the, the Husky secondary can be, they can all, they're, prone to making some big plays every mm-hmm. once in a while. Like, yeah, they'll give up 400, 500 yards through the air, but they'll also get a costly, you know, turnover to kind of seal the deal or, or swipe the ball away uh, when it really matters. So they certainly can do it. And yeah, to your point, Penix, if he's on his game and it's uh, indoor, the weather won't be a factor. He's, you know, got the horses with the, the wide receiver room. Uh, if they turn it into a track meet, I don't think that Michigan's built to to kind of play that game. That, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like my my keys to a Washington victory here are, are get out early, turn this into a Pac-12 after dark game, throw all over them, score early, just keep throwing and throwing and throwing, and and you're just going to have to. That defense doesn't have to stop anybody. I think the over under here is fifty fifty five and a half, which I think is pretty low. I, I think you you open it up as much as you can. I, I think you, you do try to stack the box, but I think you're going to, you're going to take your lumps uh, defensively. Cause I just don't think they're built to, to stop Michigan. I, I think you, you, you pray to God that this becomes a, a score fest. And, and I, I, as much as I, I love the, I, I'm not in love with that quarterback for Michigan. I just, I, I, I like you. I, I like, yeah, make him beat him with, with his arm. Let's see what he's really got. And no one's kind of put him in that situation. Alabama definitely had the talent to do it. There was just, that offense constantly put them in a bad spot. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, I remember one time I tried to explain that to Jared. He he wasn't buying it. That offense is, is was so inept at times, and that that center was so terrible. Is constantly putting that defense in a bad spot. It, that's what they got to avoid. Washington's just got to rely on Penix. Got to score a lot of points. If, if this becomes a a game of possession, uh, a running uh, kind of a slugfest. Like they will not win this. They're they are not built for this this kind of fight in my mind. Yeah, I I agree. Now Michigan, I think. What what are your keys to victory? Not that we want this, but what, what are the keys to victory for for a Michigan win? What do they need to do to to stop Penix? Play their game. Uh, just have success on the ground and. Uh, time of possession and just, you know, don't have to rely on throwing the ball because you can't do it. Just a quorum has to um, play really well and probably get multiple scores. And the defense has to continue what they did against uh, Bama. They're going to have to get pressure. I mean, we know that that defensive line is capable of getting pressure. Um, the secondary is going to have to hold up, you know, if they can put, Penix on the turf. I mean, uh, that's going to go pretty well for him, but Penix, he typically has a lot of time to throw, but also has a really quick release too. Like, I mean, 
that's the the kind of thing about Penix is he could beat you multiple ways. Like mm-hmm. he can beat you like on a quick slant where he gets rid of the ball within, you know, half of a second. He also can kind of dance back in the pocket for three, four seconds at a time and then find that guy that's open and breaks away. Like, um, so Michigan is going to have to get to him early and often and hope like hell that they can't. There he reads defenses so well for, especially for a college player, even, even the best ones, even like that's probably going to be a problem with Jane Daniels in the NFL is just like, he, he doesn't go past his first read. I think that's why Penix is so undersold here. This is a guy who's, He's played a full complement of, of games between his time in Indiana and Washington. I mean, this is a guy who can read read a modern defense. He's he, is he Tom Brady? No, well, like nobody is. But like he he goes to a second and third read. I think that's what's so impressive about him. And and we see this, we see how this translates into the NFL with with even a guy who was was able to make the first and second read in Bryce Young is still struggling at the, at the next level because you have to be able to make more than one read unless you're Lamar Jackson you just in every you know you can just do whatever you want you're just playing <laughs> on a whole other level but you, you got to be able to to read a defense I think that's the one thing that's undersold here and I, I to your point I think they got to the quarterback six times uh, uh Michigan did against Alabama uh, Washington's offensive line is not that good they're gonna have to be going fast they're going to have to be relying on Penix to get that ball out quick because if if they get on him i think that and that's going to be the game plan for michigan you got to get to him you got to hit him got to make him uncomfortable i think that was something that the ducks just couldn't do that defense even though that defensive line is pretty above average they could never really get to him because he was so fast i think you, you got to put a helmet on him you, you got to get to him early and i think you're right i think you, you just got to you got to play Big Ten football. Just shorten the game down, make them play the time of possession game. If if there's one guy who can who knows that kind of style, it's this is oh, Jim Harbaugh's bread and butter. I mean, if, if, <laughs> if you turn it into that kind of slugfest, it's, if you turn it into a Big Ten game, you will lose. This is this is what Michigan. I've seen like at least seven Michigan games this year with him and without him as head coach. Like this is this is his thing. Like this is. This is the Shem Beckler thing. This is we're we're reliving all of this all over. Well, Bo Shem Beckler wasn't. No, I guess he was kind of a shitty person. Not this much, but uh, <laughs> I mean, still, he was nothing to write home about either. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a really interesting one here. Now, let me get to my interesting questions here. The important questions, the questions that fans want to know. So, how many Huskies <laughs> do you think Jim Harbaugh could could defeat? Like, how many like actual real Huskies would? Would do you think would you would need to take down Jim Harbaugh? Like, do you think he could defeat one Husky? Like, he's pretty he's pretty cagey. I feel like he could beat one Husky. I think he if he was like if we recasted what was that movie with Liam Neeson where he fights all the, oh, the gray the gray yeah. <laughs> you got Jim Harbaugh in the woods. Maybe he has a hatchet. Maybe let's not give him anything crazy, you know, like a samurai sword or anything. But like he's in a true Midwestern fashion. He has like a, a small hatchet. And he's got like a, a lighter. How many okay. Huskies do we need? How many Huskies can he defeat? Uh, I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> I know you have no love for Huskies. Like certainly the, the football team or the dogs themselves. I don't want to think about Huskies getting hurt. Like the actual <laughs> dogs. Um, I'm going to think like, I mean, if it was just like kind of like one at a time, then he, could, you know, I, I don't know. He seems like he's in decent enough shape that he could probably withstand them. But I mean, if they gang up, I mean, you get two two of them on him that have 
kind of bad intentions and yeah see see one i think you could you could go straight up with like yeah like most americans think they could beat a bear like there's a good i mean more so than any other men in the world american men think they could defeat of course they do (laughs) (laughs) and they're fucking idiots it's by it's like by a wide margin it's like men in england there's only like two percent of men in england who think that they could they would face a bear in the wild and they they could defeat it like the american number is like 12 percent like 12 percent of american men are like yeah okay yeah yeah i give that motherfucker a run (laughs) so one one husky i think harbo wins two no they're planning they're coordinating they're nipping at you yeah one on one i think he's all right two or three three he's done like three yeah yeah most definitely. No way. Now, but what about an actual husky versus an actual wolverine? Now, wolverine isn't like a, a, a huge, huge animal. It is very ferocious, though. It can be ferocious. So you get a husky, a wolverine. It's at Michael Vick's house. His backyard. Very classy. Oh <laughs> Who Come do on. you got? You got a wolverine? You got the <laughs> We've gone from sacrilege. <laughs> Wow, yes, <laughs> we're in rare form today. Uh, how many huskies against an actual wolverine? I, I think, no, the you same. Just get I think one, one husky versus one wolverine, just one on one. Oh, um, yeah, mono I, mono. I'm taking the wolverine, unfortunately. I think that like this is another kind of circumstance. It's like you get two huskies kind of ganging up, but there's no way that a wolverine's gonna be able to defeat both of them at the same time. But one on one, I think the wolverine has claws more so than. Than a husky's jaws, so yeah, it's it's that would be a crazy one. Like somewhere on the dark web, there has to be like that probably exists. But let me ask you a non-animal, <laughs> Mister <laughs> Mister, who you. always always tries to support the ASPCA. Let me move away from live animal fighting. Let me ask you this hot take question here: Is this, in your opinion, Jim Harbaugh's last game as Michigan head coach, or will he be back next year? Win or lose. Win or um, lose. Hmm. Head coach in general, just for Michigan, you're talking about. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think what I'm really asking is, is he going to go to the NFL or not after I this think year? So. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of heat on him being the Chargers coach. Um, you know, he's on kind of the short list, and I think that he wants more than anything to return to the NFL. So, um, yeah, I, I think probably. He might be coming your way, from what I understand, from NFL message boards. The I know Harden might take is is on this on this boat as well, and I know tons of Bear fans are on this boat as well. But there is so much chatter amongst Bear fans about about bringing him in, uh, overturning the table there in in Chicago. Um, I, famously, they brought up his story his first year at Stanford, which was Jim Harbaugh got there, he arrived, and Every team has like traditions, like when they'll eat their meals and when they do this. Jim Har- Jim Harbaugh's first action as head coach, he went in front of the team. He said all the traditions that they had been keeping, they they had to get rid of because they were losers. So he didn't he he didn't know what was wrong. So everything must be wrong. So meal times were changed, activity times were changed, practice times were changed for no other reason than he just believed that that. They were losers. And he told them that flat out. And it was uh, his commitment to that. The And this is this also speaks to, to Jim Harbaugh early in his coaching career. 
So he didn't, he's another guy like Saban doesn't really have an offensive philosophy. His philosophy is like, find what works, do that. Other than the, 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 the running scheme, he's, that's, that's definitely breaded to him and his philosophy. And that goes back to, to the Michigan days. But as far as his passing philosophy, as far as his coaching philosophy, it was literally like, what's working at Nevada? And that was when Colin Kaepernick was there at that, at that team. And that's how he ended up in San Francisco was because Jim Harbour was so impressed with that offense. He saw so much film of Kaepernick that he thought that a kind of version of that would work in the NFL, that kind of, uh, that mini shotgun that, uh, in the pistol kind of offense. Mm -hmm. So the pistol elements with the, with the running scheme. And it, it was Christian McCaffrey who was, uh, who talked about that, that Stanford team and how he came in there and changed everything in one day, how the whole entire philosophy changed and, Anyone who wasn't on board with Jim Harbaugh from day one was gone. Well, and it's hard to argue. I mean, he, yeah. He, I mean, that, his success, success at Stanford, and... unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, it would be even more insufferable here because I already, you know, just living in Illinois and Michigan states away, and I still hear constantly <laughs> about freaking Harbaugh. I can't imagine if he was actually the Bears coach. That would be even more uh, – just it kind of fits, though, under. right? I mean, he. It, it I mean, of, he he had a he had while well, he played there. So I mean, yeah. he's got Midwest. It, it kind of right up his alley. They're they're going to give him all the wow. money in the world. He's going to be able to do what he wants, build his own staff, and I think Michigan would would I think Michigan would survive. I think they would be would they be better off without Harbaugh if he decided to bolt? I think they would keep uh, what's his name, the offensive coordinator Sharon. Or mm -hmm. what he would probably become head coach. He's proven that he can do it. He, he coached while they uh, while he was suspended for multiple games. I mean, I think they wouldn't skip a beat. Or do you think they would really struggle without Harbaugh? Would this? Be I think. The end of well, I mean, I think regardless of like, well, I mean, we kind of think the same thing is going to happen with Bama every single year, right? Where mm -hmm. with all the the turnover that kind of happens with all the five star guys that can uh, like get drafted or or whatever. But I mean. They're not going to have McCarthy. They're not going to have Quorum anymore. They're going to lose a lot of that offensive line. They're going to lose a lot of the defense. You know, if Harbaugh is gone as well, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's Michigan, so it's always going to recruit kind of well, but it depends, like, if it's the, not the same guy. Like, I don't, I don't want to give Harbaugh any more credit than absolutely necessary, but, I mean, like we just talked about, I mean, look what he did for Stanford, and he did have success in the NFL in the past. And, it, and it's hard. I mean, it granted, you know, a lot of this – you can probably point to the whole cheating scandal, which is why they've had the success they're having now, but they're certainly, you know, they're in a playoffs playing for a national championship. So if, if they win that national championship, is, is it, is that make it easier for him? Like, Hey, I've accomplished everything I've wanted to accomplish here. It's time for me to move on. I feel like that's like, I feel like that press release is already written by his agent. Like this is perfectly like you get to pull a Pete Carroll, you get to leave on top. You yeah. you made things right for for your for the school you went to and that you love and you've done everything. Now it's time to to go off and now you don't have to deal with the repercussions of of everything. Right. And then you could you could even throw even more fuel on the fire. You could pull a Taylor Swift and be like, I was never appreciated there. You know they were always <laughs> against me and I I you know I've, I oh, I worked I struggled so hard and I I could never be good enough for like you could totally spin this way into into you're the victim. I mean this is. It's the whole point yeah. of this modern era, right? Like he wins his championship. He's done everything he wants. He leaves. He gets all the money. He, he gets no punishment. And then he gets to be the victim. Like I could totally see this whole entire thing playing out. 
Yeah, which unfortunately I can see that too. I don't. <laughs> I I really don't want that to be because yeah, he could leave them at that point because like to the point that you just made, he would have done everything that he could. He, he couldn't possibly do anything better for them than win their first national championship in you know thirty years or whatever. So even if it gets stripped, he's already oh, he's gone. gone. Yeah, he's, he's gone, gone to the next thing. So. He's and still going to say like, "Oh, well, we still won it." Mm-hmm. You know, whether they actually took it, that, that that's just a technicality. You know, we still actually uh, won the game, so it'll be this. I, uh, what did you say a couple weeks ago? You were like, "The the line will be like, oh, you you can never take that away from us." Like, even though it'll be like, "Well, they can," and we all you like you 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 spent your integrity, and yeah, well, we all like, said, but they'll be like, "Well, you can't take that away from me." It's like, well, we can, but. <laughs> We yeah, can't. <laughs> they either they either put the asterisk by it or they kind of take it and they say, okay, they're runner up now. Like they they make Washington the champion by default, or they if they really try to do some chicanery and they try to say that Florida State was like I, I don't know. I don't know what they would try to, to do to fix it, but those t-shirts, those hats, those programs, those DVDs, those those commemorative things that, that people buy it at Walmart, you know, will still say, you know, 2023 mm-hmm. national champions. And so <laughs> all those Walmart fans are still going to have all that merch. So that they, they will know that it happened, whether it was, you know, because of ill gotten gains or, or not. So well, I just let, hope that it doesn't come to that. Well, let me ask you your, your, your official prediction here. Are, are, are we entering the darkest timeline? Or do the Huskies live out their underdog dream and deliver the come up and said Michigan so deserves? What's your final score? Give me your final thought on this one. Yeah, I mean, not only just strictly for my sanity's sake, but I also do legitimately believe that Washington um, has been, you know, playing the underdog card. Here they are again. I think they use that as a motivating factor. I think they've got an unstoppable offense, even though Michigan does have a really, really good defense. Uh, I think their offense is unstoppable. I think they've got a defense that can do just enough to win. Um, I do think that uh, they're going to be able to put some points on them. Uh, I I don't think that Michigan will have seen – well, because they saw a lot of good receivers at Ohio State, but not with the caliber of quarterback like Michael Penix getting them the ball. So I don't think that Michigan is going to be prepared for this. I don't think that Michigan is built to get into a kind of a track meet, especially like what I love about this is the thing that you mentioned that it's indoor. It's not going to be, you know, affected by weather. I've got Huskies 40 to 29. Wow. That's a lot of points. I think they're going to put it on them. I think they're going to put it on early and often. And I think Michigan's still going to, you know, be able to move the ball against the Washington defense. I think they're still going to be able to score. You're not going to be able to shut out, you know, quorum entirely, but like I said, they're not built to be uh, a track meet kind of team. That's going to uh, score. They're definitely a uh, methodical kind of grind it out. And they, they don't want to, they don't want it in smoke. So gosh, you can so say you, you got the over you're getting washed I, as a betting, as a betting uh, opportunity. I, I love it. Uh, I, I'm going to go against you here. I, I think we are entering the darkest timeline. The truly, I, I don't want it to happen. I, this just, it seems fitting for this year, even though the Pop-Tarts Bowl at the last minute, the Pop-Tarts Bowl was like the, you know, 
being killed uh, by a natural disaster, but like on your way to work. So you're like, oh, thank God. At least I don't have to go to work today. At least this didn't happen at the, at the end of my day. It's <laughs> inevitable. It's doom. I have I have 28-7. I have the Wolverines just dominating. 28-7? Uh, to 28-7. to seven. Holy shit. I, no, I, oh, yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> I don't like it either. I I will be... I, 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 gosh, I, I don't, I can't even form the words. I, the Husky, I will be sympathizing. I will be rooting in spirit for the Huskies, but I, I, I don't think it's going to matter. I think we're, we're, we're doomed. You really think that the Michigan defense is that good that they're going to limit Penix and all those Adunze and I, I all the weapons gonna... that they got to seven points indoors? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think they're going to be. Wow. Uh, I think they're going to be on top of them. I think they're going to be. I think it's going to be more than six sacks. I think the the Vegas line right now is four sacks. Is 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 the over under? I I would pound the over. I, I think it's going to be closer to eight sacks. I think they're going to be all over them. I, I think that coaching wise, I I know we don't talk a lot about uh, uh what's his name DeBoer or whatever the hell his name is. However you pronounce that, Kevin DeBoer. Uh, yeah, yeah, like. He's just not as good as a coach as, as Jim Harbaugh. And when, oh, when, <laughs> like, I don't like it either, but like when it comes to in these type of games where see, I, I think they need to turn into a track meet. I don't think they're they're going to be able to keep turning into a track meet. I think the offensive line is a is a, a little bit suspect. I think Michigan has already proven they're they're gonna feast. They took Milrow, who was right not now Milrow. Two weeks ago, everyone, all these Alabama fans on message boards were treating him like Lamar Jackson. He definitely wasn't, but it definitely equalized him. I, I, I think they're going to be able to do an even better job. I, as much as I love the Pac-12, as much as I, I love the offense that goes on there, there's just there's there's teams that you don't match up well with. Well, so that, how much of this, honestly, is because you've been a lifelong Duck fan and. <laughs> Adamantly refuse because you you've made mention that you don't even like I don't like Huskies read of talk. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't so even like how much of that is that? Like you just like cannot root for them under any circumstance. I, I really thought before before the when I watched all the the Texas Washington game, it was clear it, in my mind. I was like. I'm like Texas probably didn't deserve to be here. I'm like I'm like I would never say this on my show, but probably like, and I know everyone would have flipped their shit if they would have held out Georgia, if they would have held out Texas and brought in Georgia, but like probably should have. I mean, if we're if the committee this committee muddied the waters when they were like, well, we're picking the four best teams, like so we've thrown out rankings and we've thrown out titles. So if we're if we're going with the four best teams, and I, I look at all the bowl results so far. Uh, Michigan is is probably the best team by far and away, um, and they they solidified that. And I think the biggest issue in my mind all year long was like they haven't played anybody. Here they are beating up on Minnesota. Here they are beating up on Rutgers and Big Noon. But Ohio State uh, that win kind of sold me on it, and then and then this win over Alabama really sold me on it. When you could take an SEC team and just just kind of have your way with them. And especially just how he coached at the end, he was just brilliant. It, but there is a part of it. I just I, I do not like the Huskies. But at the same time, i really impressed with Penix. The rest of the team is – and I love the wide receivers. But, man, the, the, that defense is just so – it's like Swiss cheese. 
in it, I, I think the I think the Michigan quarterback is going to be able to get loose. I think he's going to be able to throw the ball around the yard. I think they're going to test him, and I think he's going to be able to prove it. But I think they're going to be playing time of possession, and I think they're going to get out early, and then it's just going to be a, a slow bleed. Um, <sighs> and I, I think it's going to be and I and I everything that I just said about the whole they're going to win. He'll go off to the NFL and the storyline and the martyrdom, like all this. This is the perfect cap. To this year because this year has been so brutal in the controversies and everything that's surrounded college football and the, the conference breakups and even even now we're in the, the instability of the ACC might not even exist. You realize that SMU bought their way into the ACC. Stanford and uh, Cal uh, basically called their their egghead friends and pushed enough buttons to get mm-hmm. the the ACC might not even exist. <laughs> SMU might have paid all that money for nothing. <laughs> Well, that would be pretty funny. That would be kind of funny. Like, they're like, in the age of NIL, SMU buys their way back in. They're like, oh, well, you just bought your way into a conference that just is, just is going to disintegrate. Yeah. But there's a there's a land, there's a, an agreement. Like, yeah, no one cares. Like, the, there's a TV agreement. No one cares about our business contract. Between, the, nah, the, no one cares about that in America anymore. But some of that is playing. But no, really, the, the most part of it is I'm just so impressed with Michigan. When I go back and I watch that Ohio State game, Really impressed when I when I watched this game against Alabama. Even more impressed. I wish they would have been seated differently. This should have been this should have been Michigan Georgia. Uh, in, in we should be having a, another Georgia national championship. It's we have to go by undefeated, and we got to go by the playoff committee because that's how it goes. But if, if you told me right now to pick the best team in the country, it'd probably be Georgia, and Michigan would probably be number two. Hmm. I think Georgia would. Uh, I would think Georgia would destroy Washington. I think Georgia would destroy Texas. Uh, I, I, that Alabama game, my mind goes back to just Saban being Saban and Atlanta being Atlanta, and and just how those how those teams match up. It, Texas probably didn't belong, and 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 now we're going to see the the full results of this. Thanks, Mark. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. No, th- thank you. I hate it. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, see, we we are officially in the darkest timeline. This is like you know, I often think about climate change. I'm like, like yeah, like we'll we're like there might be like some kind of catastrophe, like we'll we'll all be destroyed, but at least we know it. Like we know it's going to happen, and like we from from if you if you follow what what the most intelligent people say or the the most the, yeah. the most leading scientists are that this. Like we will be destroyed. So you can kind of take comfort in that. Like, Hey, look, it's, it's going to happen. Like we don't have to worry about it. Like don't even recycle. Like it's already done. <laughs> we're past the tipping point. Like, they, they, don't even like they, we're, we're going to recycle my, we're going to, I'm going to recycle my milk carton. Like it, China, they're dumping like literal poison in the water. Like it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Well, it, that, that's, the, that's 2023 college football season in a nutshell it's fine it's fine it's fine it's doom it's disaster but it's fine it's the end of the world as we know it and i feel fine i sure as hell don't (laughs) i don't want any of this all the climate change stuff all the stuff that you just talked about that's all fine yeah whatever that's that's old hat but 
this Michigan winning a national championship, fuck that noise. I don't, I don't want to Look, look, I could deal with no polar ice caps, but I cannot deal with a Michigan <laughs> national championship. Can China, if that happens, can China pour more poison in the water? Because we need to get, uh, we need to, this to end much sooner. Yeah. <laughs> Societies yeah, don't even need to worry about it. This, this is, this will all be just quaint fleeting memories when the downfall of society comes. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, as we wrap up the show, which is, I knew Michigan, as soon as I saw the, as soon as I saw the result, I'm like, man, we're going to have to have this really, really uncomfortable conversation about Michigan. And, 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 and I think next week's going to be even tougher, but hopefully, hopefully we're celebrating a, a dog's victory and, and we'll, we'll have our breakdown next week of uh, the college football season in general, but a couple of key topics. We'll go back over the Heisman Trophy uh, race, how that played out. We'll go over uh, some of our favorite games from this year, and we'll put a capper on our national championship game, and we'll set the stage for the third. I can't believe it's going to be the, the third annual Shibbies right? that's coming up Crazy. two weeks from now. Just I was looking back at the script from the first one, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is like. And I was looking at the second one, and I'm like, all right, I got to remember our categories, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, prep work. So uh, I imagine next week will be a well. I always say it's going to be shorter, but here we are filling the whole time slot. <laughs> <Three so. hours>. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. But I uh, which one less psycho piece too? Well, yeah, we I know. Went, <laughs> we did go real deep into our uh, biblical football yes. <laughs> movie. So. We have to call Ben Shapiro after this, after this <laughs> podcast. Um, I do want to mention Shib token. Uh, uh, if, you, if you feel like you missed the boat on cryptocurrency, you're like, I don't want to get involved. You know, I already missed Dogecoin. I missed out on Bitcoin or I don't really understand it. Do not worry. Bit, cryptocurrency is all part of web 3.0. What I don't want you to do is to be left behind. There were people 10 years ago, who said social media would never take off. This is the world we live in. We live in the world of TikTok. There's people who said podcasting would never take off. This is a world where podcasts are more popular than radio programs. When you see the future, do not be afraid of the future. You do not want to be the person who dismisses it and gets left behind. Cryptocurrency is the future of monetary exchange in the world. Uh, and it's not just based on their made-up value. Uh, with something like uh, Shiba Inu, it's based on market cap and it's based on what it does in proof of work. You can find out more information by following at Shib Token on uh, Twitter. There you'll find links to the Discord, the subreddit, Telegram, everywhere else. Uh, Reddit is a great community to find out more about Shiba Inu. I'm not telling you to invest in Shiba Inu. I'm heavily invested in it. I'm not telling you to do it. It's not financial advice. What I'm just saying is learn more. Don't get left behind. Web 3.0 has so many things that people have already written off. And remember, I mean, Think back if you're if you're if you know you listen to this show I know you're in like in our age bracket there were people who were writing off the internet when we were coming up if you see the future and you know the future is coming don't bury your head in the sand be on the forefront of it get more information arm yourself with it so you can make a good decision follow at ship token on Twitter you'll find all the resources you need to learn more about it and make an informed decision about cryptocurrency and maybe investing in Shiba Inu. Great, great cryptocurrency. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter while you're there, EVLMRK. Once again, it's EVLMRK and look for hashtag EMS198. We're going to put the Pop-Tart thing up there, uh, some more, uh, the, the dancing, the full content. There's a great TikTok video where they took a Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted. <laughs> And they basically <laughs> overlaid it on all the antics of the Pop-Tart uh, uh, mascot. There's the eating of the mascot. There's all kinds of really great stuff. All of that will be tagged with uh, hashtag EMS198. And also, 
what will be pinned tomorrow in we'll, we, with our show will be the link to the uh, file under pod where you can go do your voting. So please, please, please go check that out and uh, get ready because we're going to have a, a lot of conversation about movies. I'm pumped up for the the movie season of File Entertainment. And uh, Eric, tell us a little bit about File Entertainment one more time before we head out. Yeah, you just covered it really well. Uh, next season is going to be all about movies again, and we're kicking it off with our movie tournament. We're talking about all 73 films that we discussed in season one of File Entertainment, which all those episodes are still out there. So if you want to know what some of these movies are <laughs> before you uh, do any kind of voting in the polls, um, all those movies are there. To, you can listen to me and my brother, Dylan, who was the co-host at the time, break those down and... Uh, yeah, season two is all about music, where Mark came in uh, very frequently, as did Jared. So if you like those guys, you can hear a lot more of them on file under season two, and they'll be present in season three as well. So, oh yeah, it's going to be so much fun! I can't, I can't wait to to get Jared's take on certain movies. I can't wait to see what kind of <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, man. Like music cover. <laughs> His musical taste was so shit. Like I can only imagine that's what he's going to be with movies as well. Like I, I don't know. I kind of feel like, well, this movie sucked because it didn't have Henry Cavill in it. Like it would have been better <laughs> if it had Henry Cavill in it. I didn't like it because it didn't have Henry Cavill in it. Do you, I mean, I know Jared, but like I don't know his movie taste. I don't know if he's like a to me, like from the outside. I'm assuming that he's like a weird Lord of the Rings guy. Like I'm sure if like I mentioned what's it? I don't like Lord of the Rings. I'm. I'm not there. I'm like, it's all right. Like I read the book when I was younger The movie, never did it for me. More of a star Wars guy. Uh, but I could see him being a, a Lord of the Rings nerd. Like I, I could see him digging it. And maybe, or do, what's so. your read on Jared? It's, Where it's you too high bro. I think even for him, I think uh, uh, I'm not sure. Like he's talked about, he loves Henry Cavill. And so I think like he has said that that really shitty Superman movie with Henry Cavill and <laughs> It's like one of his favorite movies. So I think that he's just as basic in his movie taste as he is with his musical taste. So I think he's a very oh. one note guy. So it's going to be uh, <laughs> really fun to expose him to a, a lot of uh, new stuff. Is he, Oh, is it the one with, with Amy Adams as Lois Lane or no, that was the Brandon. Uh, that was the British guy, right? Who's Henry yeah, yeah, that's right. The guy who never played Superman. Superman Returns. Yeah, maybe I'm yeah. getting it mixed up here. I don't know Henry Cavill. I know, like, I know the name, and I know he's mentioned to me. He's like, he's like, I have a man crush on Henry Cavill. I'm like, I don't know who that is, man. I've never like I've heard that name. I read a lot of gossip sites now. In in, in started that in December, and like I, that name pops up a lot. He's not the one who's a cannibal, is he? No, that was uh, Army Hammer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all these fucking white guys look alike here. <laughs> they find these white they find these white guys for movies and they're like, hey, let's get like literally like he could die and you would just bring him in somewhere and they'd be like, hey, give me another one of these. <laughs> Six foot four, get him in a gym, bring me another one of those. I but what if he's a shitty we don't care about that. Just get the look. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, hey, hey, you know who we had play uh, Captain Kirk? Like, we just need a guy like this. Find us one that looks like this. No talent, not necessary. Just one that looks like that. Just find him. Got to be search a Disney uh, parking lot or <laughs> find somebody who's working. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm so excited for for the movie talk and uh, also uh, our last programming note. Our Friday 
NFL show will actually be Saturday because all the games are on Sunday. We're going into the last week. Playoffs will be determined. You have to be there. It will be will be recording on Saturday morning, releasing Saturday morning to prepare you for Sunday. So be ready for that. Uh, might try to play playoffs. Playoffs. Play- <laughs> I if I would have known you would have gone there, I would have I would have <laughs> had that clip. That is my favorite clip, and it, it does not tickle Jared at all. He, he has no reaction to it. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, this guy's a nut job. <laughs> uh, look. Oh, hold on. I'm trying to I'm trying to stall here. Don't tell me. Ah, oh, yes, I fucked this up. Well, let me get to a sound effect that I do have here, and one that our fans were enjoying like hell. So, like I said, I, re- I watched the first half of the Texas Washington game. I decide I'm gonna, I'm like, I'm just gonna record this rest of the way. I'll catch this first thing tomorrow morning. I'll watch this uh, while I'm working out, uh, and I wake up. Fifteen emails. We get to keep it. It stays. Texas is back. Texas is back. And at first, I was like. Oh, I've seen the head. The, the the headlines are Texas back. I'm like, oh, they must have won. Like, and then I then I'm seeing the other the other the other uh, headlines to those emails. It's like, we get to keep it. We get to keep it. I'm like, oh my gosh, now I don't know what happens. So I want to watch this game. <laughs> so had to peek at the score, and I was like, I'm like, oh no. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's like I don't want to see a Huskies win. I don't want to see the Huskies in the national championship. But at the same time, we really need to keep that sound. People do like it. They enjoy it. So as we go out of here, we can all take rejoice in one the Pop-Tart Bowl, and its mascot, and its lovable, lovable mascot who died for our sins. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, a very Jesus-like redemption story. But also, we get to keep the show's absolute favorite sound effect. So until next time, be ungovernable, be uncompromising, but most importantly, be kind. Here it is. And it will be back in 2024. And I'm sure it will make another appearance in next week and the following week. And maybe even <laughs> during the offseason when we get into college basketball. Of course. Texas is back? Texas is back, folks! Not this time. time. You're wrong. <laughs> We're back! No, we got you. When Texas wins tonight. No way. Against the mighty SEC. <laughs> no way. Texas is back. This one was invented by a writer.